Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Welcome to the show! Hola! So we reached a compromise. Middlecoff said last week he wanted to do something different. I think we should keep doing it. John thinks we need a change. I'm all for change for the sake of freshening. But I also think that it's hard to cut through the noise in this day and age and have something that people know you, simple people know you for. But we agreed that we'll give it a couple of weeks of messing around and then see, you know, what what, what, what we do. So that's we've begun the show now. OK, the show has begun. And again, this is this is you can put this squarely on me. This is a, if this is a press conference. No, this is my idea. I I will take the blame if this fails. I'm just let's just try a change. Come up with yep. ideas. You can hit us up. You can DM us. You can tweet at us. I'm an idiot. I'm. You got ideas? If you got ideas, let us know. I, I'm Ola. What's up? The show? I don't know. Again, I don't have a good idea. I'm not claiming to. I understand. I'm just, I think I'm just ready for a new pitch. You know. Right. Right. And, and in hindsight, I should have noticed you haven't really been giving the open your all for a little while now. With hindsight. Guy Haberman, I, mean, I, sh- I should have noticed that you wanted out uh, of that open, but that's okay. Uh, here we go. We, the show is underway. The show has begun. Uh, did you scream out Hightower during the 49er game today? One of the many questions, um, you know, that I we'll, really, uh, we'll try I, and answer. I didn't notice Hightower today, did you? Uh, well, on the Ayuk bobble and the fact that the Niners used four different punt returners in one game, I mean, I noticed in that regard, like, oh, big moment? Sure, let's throw Travis Benjamin down there to catch it eyeball high on a line. But um, that's uh, – <laughs> that's uh, – <laughs> you know, that's uh, that's another – I feel like we should start the show again, but here we are. We're, we've begun. All right. Uh, hey, I'm Guy. I'm John. <laughs> Or we could just do a self-produced one and then play it. We could. You know, that's not a terrible idea. Some version. I did think some version of of the open we did, but like a better version, slicker with some, you know, something else mixed in. But that's okay. We got time on our hands. We can. We can. Here's what you'll never say about. Here's what you'll never say about us. Afraid to fail. You'll never say that about us. Okay. Not afraid to not afraid to try something out. Anyway, let us begin, John, by acknowledging how much we failed this weekend. (laughs) At mybookie.ag, promo code ham and the number one. We are undeterred, but we will tell you, we will tell you what we did this weekend. A number of locks that were not. Mybookie.ag promo code ham and the number one. When you use that promo code, they'll match your deposit dollar for dollar up to a thousand bucks. You can also decline the bonus because if you accept the bonus, you do have to bet the full amount before you withdraw funds. But either way, ham one, let them know we sent you. Where do things stand, John? Update the leaderboard. Yep, mybookie.ag promo code ham. And the number one, well, uh, Harbaugh, you know, hit us in the nuts on uh, what day would that have been? Friday afternoon. Not great. Not great at all. Uh, then but today. It started before that. Started before that. Could we $100 parlay, but $100, you know, in, in modern day, you know, 2022 is really, I mean, what does that get you? A sandwich and a pair of socks. But the $500 to me is a pretty big kick in the dick. Yep. Because we were taking a big, a big swing on Cincinnati, which... 
I actually, they, they played Alabama a lot closer than Harbaugh played Georgia, at least in the first half. Then today, we'd been keeping an eye on the Colts game. That, that had been ever-changing the number. And I kept looking in my phone yesterday, and it wasn't on. You said you saw it. And then I remember I checked this morning, and it's 8. And then I put the $500 in. And before I could press accept, it said the line had moved to 8.5. Turns out it wouldn't even have mattered. Lose that. And then we also, oh, yeah, uh, Pad Stafford. They, I mean, somehow the Rams won the game, but they did not cover the – we actually had a good number. We had a three and a half. When I saw it closed, it was at six and a half, seven range. So, but again, pretty irrelevant when the team ultimately doesn't cover. So we, $1,500, luckily Central Michigan, but we, uh, we took, no, it's it. We took Central Michigan money line over Washington State. Yeah, we're, we're bleeding right now. We're bleeding. Now, that one, Alabama, one Alabama's an underdog guy. You can get them as an un, a true underdog in this game. What's, what's the, uh, what's the number on that? Uh, it's like two and a half. I think it's like plus, you know, probably 145, 125. I mean, are, here's my question. Are they going to be plus two and a half when that game kicks off a week from Monday? Yeah, I mean, it's just... It's not going the other... I'll tell you this. If that number's not getting bigger, it's only getting smaller. You don't think Alabama's so? Not, we're not... We're going to show up... Month, well, I guess there could be a lot of money that comes in on Alabama, right? Which you get Alabama down, plus 120 money line. On Georgia. Yeah, I mean, I like I like that. I just is he going mean, to win Nick, eight national championships? He, what is he twenty five and one against former assistant coaches? You want to put five hundred dollars on that right now? Yep, you're right. Go do that, it. That well, that number you're you get saving as an underdog in national championship. I just are we going to roll out like <laughs> next Monday and Alabama's going to be like plus four and a half? Is that number going to get bigger? Well, unless like how's that even possible? Yeah, you're right. <laughs> I don't know. Good I as it gets. I mean, I am I'm on a cold streak, so I am too. We'll just bet Alabama. Let's just take Nick Saban. Let's just take Nick Saban. Yeah, I I will never ever cry in my Cheerios if I took Nick Saban and lost. We did it. I did it. So there you go. All right, John. Uh, let's start with the 49ers performance. Trey Lance and the 49ers. Trey Lance got the start against the hapless. I love that word. There's. I saw somebody tweet this weekend. Uh, I don't remember who it was. It might have been. Uh, uh, maybe Kevin Clark was like the only time you ever see the word vaunted is when somebody's talking about a defense, a vaunted defense. Uh, the only time you see hapless is when somebody's talking about a bad team. But Trey Lance and the 49ers beat the Texans. Let's talk about Trey's day. What did we think? You got to give him credit because it was a little, you know, I, I don't think people were nervous, but it looked a little rocky early. Uh, but as the game went on, like, Made some big plays, threw a couple touchdowns. I mean, one was a layup, but the touchdown to Debo was sweet. Uh, he definitely settled in. Even, you know, we can talk about the opponent all we want, but he got better as the game was went on. And to me, that's, you won the game. I mean, for a split second in the second half, they, you know, it was, it was, I guess, it was 7-3. They were losing, but I guess before they had the touchdown drive, where you just started thinking, could they lose this game? You know, it wasn't, you know, you don't really think that in the first half, but in the second half, it's 7-3. They're not doing much on offense. You just go, could they lose this game? Like that, that could, And then they score, and they go up, you know, 10-7, to and then you just get a little breathing room because you're playing the Texans, and they take care of business. But the, I, I think the end of the half drive was pretty big for them, made some plays. 
which they got a little lucky, right? Because they get the ball to end the half, but then the Texans call timeouts, then they punt it back, and then they start using their timeouts, and then they get the ball back. I mean, it was it was a pretty just Texans Kyle weird at the end of first half fucking situation. Yeah, it, look, I t- I said this after the end of the half. Like, it's good, I think, for a young player in Trey's position to have a, th- a few things to, to get lucky. And he got lucky on that drive. The ball went through the defender's hands, hits Ayuk. There's seven seconds left. There's not enough time, you think, for another play. It goes through the DB or linebacker, whoever's hands it went through, goes to Ayuk. He steps out of bounds. They kick the field goal. Um, that and the Marcel Harris fumble play, which I, I'm, I am pro-forward progress. I did not think that one deserved to be blown dead because of forward progress. And then they get a pass interference as Gene Sterator is trying to explain the forward progress. Um so they caught some breaks there, but I, I thought what was important, I'm with you, was the end of that first half. It it took some time for him to settle down, but I do think, like, one thing I was thinking about watching the game was he's only made one start, he's played another half, and there is an expiration. Like, if you, I don't know, are trying to run a seven-minute mile, let's say, and you spend a month practicing to run a seven-minute mile, and then you stop for three months you don't just start back up where you left off. Trey Lance started, and then he didn't get to start again after that. So I thought in the first couple of drives, it looked like his first start all over again. He looked uneasy as a runner. I didn't think he was really comfortable. The one thing he consistently does is keep his eyes downfield when he breaks the pocket, but he was breaking the pocket early. And you could tell by what Adam Archuleta was saying, probably some of the conversation he had with Kyle Shanahan this week was, well, Jimmy gets rid of the ball very quickly, and Trey was not getting rid of the ball very quickly. But it did feel like the drive at the end of the half just settled him down, and then he looked a lot more comfortable in the second half. And I also – he made some great plays. He really made some great plays. If I had told you before the game that you'd get 16 of 23 for 249 yards, two touchdowns, passing, one interception, and uh, I thought he had a rushing touchdown. No, no, they they called. Oh, they, they took it back. That's right. Yeah. On Ayuk, but if I told you those were the numbers, seventy percent for two forty nine. That's ten. That's almost eleven yards per attempt. How many yards do you rush for? Thirty one. I mean, four yards a carry. Okay, eight carries for thirty one yards. I think. I think I. I predicted a little bit bigger from a completion to attempts standpoint, but I think I would have taken that before the game if you had told me those were his numbers. Yeah, I. I remember a Raider coach told me this about Derek Carr's first couple years. And he was like, the one thing he really struggles with is early in games, he's so amped up. And you've heard like Peyton and and just the elite quarterbacks talk about, there's like a balance, right? Like when you watch the scrum in the NFL or even college football, when the guy brings them up before they go into the locker room to then immediately come out for the game, every player is fired the fuck up, right? Linebackers, O-line, everyone's hit. It's like gladiators. But the quarterback, and probably the kickers too, like you can't really be like that. But it's understandable for young players to kind of battle that. And to me, he just looked first. I mean, guy, he's a, his home game. Place is rocking. He, he's getting his second start of the season. He just looked amped and fired up. And I, I think that's kind of understandable. Uh, and he definitely just, part of settling a guy down is getting a completion, getting a first down, making some plays. And you can still see he's pretty tentative when he runs. And he's not that fast relative to NFL players. Partly because he's, you know, probably a 4'6", 5 guy. His play speed. 
And most guys in the NFL now, I mean, we have defensive linemen running 4-5. Every linebacker is running 4-4-5. All the slot corners and the safeties are all running 4-4-4-5. Like the speed on defense has never been faster. Because a couple times, I think just the average, if you're not like some NFL scout or whatever, you might think he's moving a little slow. I think it's really more their speed, like because he's known as an athletic guy, and he is athletic, but he is not a burner when he runs. To me, his running is going to be, he's going to use that as like a second, like a change-up pitch. Like his his pitch, and as you saw, is like when they hit the big D-ball play, is going to be throwing the ball. He made a couple nice throws to that IU play that kind of got him going. Was that on the uh, the drive before half? He moved across the, uh, hit him on the slant. Yep, 42 and, yards. You know, then late in the game when he hit the one-handed catch to Kittle, like he's gonna have, exp- he's gonna be an explosive passer. He's not gonna be some guy that breaks like rushing records in the NFL. And, I, and I, it's understandable, myself included. You kind of got to get to know the player because it's not like we learned about him as he played in college, right? Like when C.J. Stroud gets to the NFL, you're gonna have a pretty good idea. C.J. Stroud's a passing quarterback, right? He's a smooth passer. Bryce Young's gonna be more like a Russell Wilson because we get to experience these guys. Like, there's no experience. And then even when you watch North Dakota State, I think you struggle with, you know, how much of this is relatable. Besides, yeah, he can go under center. But just in terms of, like, he was running by guys and juking guys out. Like, that's not really going to be his cup of tea here, right? There was right. one play on the when he got stuffed where it's just, I, 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 you know, Reed, that guy, that fucking guy's good. I mean, he's probably one of, one of the better Stanford prospects of the last decade on defense. And he hawked him like that. And sometimes you learn right away, like, you know, you just have to utilize your play speed and what you can and can't do. And there is just, and we've talked about this nonstop. There's a learning process as a player, whatever position you play, but definitely the quarterback position and definitely the quarterback position when you are an athlete, right? I think that's a huge thing of like learning the balance. And a lot of guys, and we've made fun of a lot of guys over the year, the Johnny Manziel's, you know, the players who are athletes, but bro, you're not the same athlete you were like Ian Book the other night. Yeah. Trey's going to have to learn like, and he did as the game went on. It, you know, he, he looked to throw the ball. And when he was rolling, I saw you tweet, you know, he did a good job keeping his eyes down the field. Like that is going to be his greatest strength, keeping plays alive behind the line of scrimmage and hitting your fucking sweet offensive weapons. Yeah. Right? Not trying yeah. to run. You're not going to bust off. You're not Kyler. You're not going to bust out a 30-yard run unless everyone has disappeared or looking the other way, right? Like, you're not going to juke guys. No, but he might, yeah, he might break off the run words. I, well, he might. Do, see, I think there's still, I, I think he'll be better as a runner as time goes on. I still think yeah. he's just, like, you, you said I'm it saying that, that is his secondary pitch. 100% yeah. is secondary yeah. pitch. Maybe his third pitch, right? His first pitch might be his arm strength, period. Or just, you know, ultimately his first pitch might be that they think he's can be a really good pocket quarterback. His second pitch is get out of the pocket and make throws. His third pitch is just how he stresses you in the designed run game. And then the fourth pitch is like him scrambling with the football downfield. And let me say this, and I saw this in the chat, and he, the chat's right. He did this a couple times in the game. Having a guy that just, if some kind of breaks down and just can, you know, one time he stepped right out of bounds and he was like an inch short. But like, yeah. they don't have that with Jimmy Garoppolo. Like that, that's, that hasn't even been an element of their game, right? They, they no. it literally did not exist. So having a guy that... I mean, I'm nit, and I'm not even nitpicking. His speed is his speed, but he has speed that they have never had with their starting quarterback. So that is a nice little element of a guy being able to pick up yards. He did that definitely more in the Arizona game, where maybe it was more he knew less of the offense. He would just take off, but he did it a couple times a day. And it's just 
nice to just get some extra yards that aren't there, right? So it, it, it's a positive thing. I'm, I'm not diminishing his ability to run at all. No, I know you're not. I, I, I just, um, I, I did think this as the game wore on. I don't know how he, let's say he'd been starting the last 10 games. I don't know what he would have done on the first two series, but I think he would have looked more comfortable. And I think I was hoping that that would be the conclusion I'd reached by the time the game ended. And it was. By the time the game ended, I looked back at those first few series and thought that he just looked like he was trying to catch up. Right, He hadn't played in a long time in an NFL game. He hasn't played a lot of football. And I think I feel a lot better about the way the game started with hindsight. And, you know, I was hopeful at the end of the half when they had two minutes and a couple of timeouts that a two-minute offense might be the thing that forces him, kind of shakes him out of it. Ultimately, they ran three plays and, you know, had to punt. And like you said, they got the ball back again and they called. But did you notice, like, they were calling timeouts when the Texans had the ball? Like, Kyle wanted the ball back one more time. And it got, and they got three points out of it. But, you know, sometimes I think for guys, maybe you watched the Rose Bowl yesterday and realized, you know, I don't want to just not use my timeouts. <laughs> maybe I know that was, but uh, you mean Jamar Chase, uh, Jackson Smith, and Jigba. Um, but uh, I think with hindsight, like, and, and this goes back to something we talked about during the week. How much? I think Kyle's trying to find his way with Trey a little bit too, right? Kyle's rhythm is going to be different. Because he hasn't called a game for this guy, really. I mean, he's called one, but he hasn't totally found his groove. I mean, you know, it's again, I thought George Kittle would get more involved just because George wasn't that involved last week. And that didn't really happen. Kittle had that early kind of end around and then the one handed catch. And those were his only two touches of the game. But um, I think there's there is a big feeling out process. And I, I look back. Well, we can talk about development separately. Well, well, but but I'd say this with the Kittle thing. When you only have 23 attempts, especially a young quarterback, I think right away, if you just said, hey, let's just pick an even number, 25, you would probably say 30, 35% at minimum are just going to go dump off passes. Right? And that's just the nature of like, hell, you could watch if Brady or Rodgers throws the ball 40 times, eight to 10 of them are going to be the check down, right? Most passes are, you only run so many go routes, even though it feels like when the team's playing, the Niners should run them every play. I don't understand why they like, why are you running the ball? Like it, it does not make sense as, as a guy, as like people just pick that, any corner, any of them. Yeah, like every single 49er fan could advance scout this team. It's like, guys just run deep. You know, what did uh, Tom Hanks say? Throw deep, baby. Just do that on the left or the right side. So I just think I think the Tom was of, quoting Kenny Stabler. <laughs> yeah, he was throw deep, baby. Um, and I thought he was aggressive down the field. And, and some of them are called shots, right? I mean, the Debo one was clearly a called shot. I know they kind of on his pick. You know, the uh, they called it out on the broadcast. And part of that is like I, I saw. I think Crocky saying like that is not going to be the backside of re- like that's not even oh, how he's open looking Debo in that was. spot. Yeah. Yeah. So he's going there. And that's just, you know, he underthrew it a little bit. But let's face it, like we've seen Jimmy miss that pass. Now it's not a great pass. You know, it's just, it's a killer anytime you turn the ball over. But yeah, I mean, I, I thought for the most part, like he just got much more decisive as the, like what freaked me out early in the game is like he's not very decisive. And then I got to take a step back. He hasn't played that much. You got to let it breathe. That's why I wasn't going to tweet in the first half and just let the thing fucking just take its course and it did it took its course as the game now part of it is the opponent 
right? It, it might have been hard, not in a good rhythm if he's playing a good team, but that you just can play who you're playing. Yeah, when you play 17, but that's the thing, like when you get to play a whole season, you play some really good teams, you get to play some bad teams, you get to have some good games. I, I think it's critical ultimately for Trey, like, well, again, I'll save this for our next conversation. Here's the thing I'll say about this game. At halftime, when it felt like it was pretty uneven, like it wasn't very good from him until that last drive, I looked down, he's 10 of 13 for 105 yards with the with the interception. You know, I think in some ways it it probably felt a little worse. Um, and again, ending the first half on a high note really helped him. But uh yeah, I think in some ways he's more comfortable throwing the football than he is on some of these run plays. Um like the part part of the stat though. He got, I think, forty-five yards on the IU catch. I'm talking more about the the ten of thirteen, but you're right. the The yardage was. I mean, they're just trying to play it safe. How about the fourth, the second fourth down, the second fourth and one? I actually thought when they punted later in the game on fourth down, they should have gone for it. The fourth and one play where they line up I formation was that. I don't know if it was. It wasn't in the red zone. Wasn't in the red zone. Line up I formation. Turn around. Play action. Rolls to his left. He's got Kittle in the flat. Then he's got Debo behind him. Then he's got Ayuk behind him. They, they, I gotta give, they took away all three of them, kind of. You know, they were all covered. I thought early the Kittle throw was there, but it's hard. You know, that angle is tough. He's going to have to catch it and then turn up field. It was going to be a difficult play. He quickly decided he was just going down the field. And then I, Debo and Ayuk ended up in some of the same area, and it, it wasn't great, but... I appreciate it on fourth that he was not looking for the check down, which in that spot, maybe it was Kittle. I don't know if Kittle was the first option or not. They took a shot is what it turned out to be. However, it was designed. I don't know. But while well, I you do love you, it, you, I appreciated. You, I appreciated. You know, I, it was like on one hand, I hated it. On the other hand, I appreciated it. If you're going to take you do half the field on a rollout, right on a fourth and one or fourth and whatever. You do just naturally have to have guys behind him, right? You can't have guys on the other side because he can't look over there. So yeah. I understood why they have the guys, but I, I give the Texans credit on that. They they took the play away. Like that play it, was fucked. I guess my point is on fourth and one, there was like I know they had tried the pitch play on the previous fourth down and it hadn't worked. But on fourth and one, I don't think you have to do anything too crazy. They maybe they thought they'd get a touchdown on that play. Um, I just appreciated the aggressiveness. Now, I think it's also aggressiveness that against a better football team might bite you, right? Not taking the higher percentage, I don't know, the quarterback sneak. Although, him in short yardage has not been, I don't know what did the they, did they They didn't really, I guess they had one. Like, they had an early kind of quarterback. Sneak. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, like a legit quarterback power today. I don't think they had a quarterback power off the tackles. They had one kind of up the gut where it might have just been a quarterback draw. But remember, in the first game, quarterback power and quarterback true runs, I'd have to go rewatch the game, but felt like I'm... I mean, they didn't do it today. Now, maybe it's just holding it back. Maybe it's, you know, they got to use them again. You know, in better teams, you're going to need to utilize that. But it definitely felt more of a real type. Like, he was running real plays. That It was a little different, I thought, than last his first start, which is understandable. He knows more of the offense. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I think if you, I went back and watched that first game last time, he threw the ball down the field quite a bit in that first. Yeah, time. but they, but they were down. Like I, I mean, part of it was just like today felt like the 49ers, like he was just running the 49ers offense, utilizing him on a lot of Jimmy plays, like not just Trey gadget plays. Right. 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 
Yeah, I mean, eight eight rushing attempts, and I don't. Not all of those were designed. Obviously, is fantastic. Like I don't want more than that for him. No, because <laughs> you know? he's like if you point, win, he's not a dynamic runner. You know, he's not Kyler or Lamar. Because when I say dynamic runner, there are only a couple dynamic runners. Like there are a lot of, like Josh Allen is a more dynamic runner than this guy, right? He's faster. He's more elusive. This guy, Trey's not that elusive in space relative to like NFL linebackers and NFL safeties. He's not going to juke those guys out. No, and I, I think the part of his game that I'll be interested to see in his run game if it comes is it's not a big contact right now brings him down for the most part when he's in yeah. space because he I think he's a little unsure if he should try and accelerate or if he should try and make a guy miss or if he should try and run a guy over. And sometimes he ends up doing none of those things, and there's no yak out of it. And my, uh, my take would be just avoid those at all. Like I, I don't want absolutely you to even test yourself lowering your shoulder. Like let's, totally, you know, Cam Newton came into this league that, that was going to be a huge part of his game. Like to me, for this guy to be successful, he's going to be he has to be a thrower. <laughs> yeah, but but I guess ultimately, if he tries to juke or decides to accelerate, he's not going to take as many square shots as he does when he kind of breaks down and isn't sure what to do. I think that's where you take shots is where you like put your arm out to try and like brace the defender and you kind of go down and uh, but I think we're that that's a small part of what we're talking about here. Um, I thought he throws the ball hard. He did it again today, but he had touch throws. That was the other thing, right? Like, what did you think of that part of his game in terms of his fastball? But the ability to use off speed kind of throws. I thought he thought it was some touch. That it was thought it was a lot better today a lot better today than the first time. And it's just yeah. being more sure with your arm. There was a play where he kind of lobbed it a little bit to Jennings and Jennings had to make a good catch, you know, kind of below Come his at, feet. Yeah. But I, I just down. think you got like, not everything has to be a hundred mile an hour fastball, but when he had to let it rip the Debo play back across the middle, he did the, tr- the, uh, slant. He did the Kittle play. He did, but then he also just had basic, the ball he threw to or whatever. in the end zone. Yeah, the one the, I couldn't bring it in, but I mean, it was. But even just like the basic, I, I know it's a layup throw, but we've seen young guys fuck it up. The first touchdown pass to Elijah Mitchell, just the rollout mm-hmm. and just dump it. Didn't mm-hmm. didn't throw it. You know, there was once a running quarterback for the 49ers not that long ago that that was not something his cup of tea. Right. And it's understandable because you see it in baseball a lot of time. A lot of guys don't know how to throw off speed pitches because his best attribute is this kind of cannon arm. He could make throws. Like his arm power is just much, I mean, obviously greater than the other guy. You know, it's it's pretty eye-open. Even Davis Mills, who's, you know, pretty solid young player. He's got a much stronger arm than Davis Mills. Like Davis Mills, his arm, I'd say like is a cousin-ish, you know, type. See, I think it's a little better than cousin's arm. Cousin has a good arm now, though. Yeah, that's you true. Know? That's true. Uh, this is a good point. You know, we let's not forget this detail to go back to. Let me see where this uh, comment went here. Uh, who said this? Blah, blah, blah. I can't find it. Somebody said he only got one ball batted down at the line of scrimmage. That was nice, right? That was a big talking point. Yes, it was previously. So, what did you think of his throwing motion? We spent a lot of time talking about that um, after his last start. I think one of the reasons it really stood out against the Cardinals was because the balls were getting batted down. And it was like a coaching point that the, the motion was delayed. I Honestly, I didn't even think about it today. It, it wasn't something that really crossed my mind or thought that it was... I, I thought more early on when I thought he was struggling 
and this will be something big picture that he's going to have to improve on is just being decisive with your reads. And even Archuleta kept mentioning it. Like the other guy's strength is getting rid of the football fast. Like Jimmy is one, two, boom. Now it doesn't always, we don't always know where it's going. It flies. Sometimes he would just, he's like, I don't think he knows what to do. And then he, or, or knows where he wants to go with the ball. Then he gets frenetic in the pocket. <clears throat> to me, that was a much bigger issue than I, I, I didn't notice his arm release today. Yeah, I didn't notice as much either in this game. And maybe it was directly related to the batted passes. I think also it was related to the fact that there weren't a lot of situations where it felt like, even though there were times where he didn't throw right away, right? He's holding the ball in the pocket or getting out of the pocket. It didn't feel like when the ball arrived at the receiver, it was late, right? There weren't a lot of situations. He had one pass kind of behind maybe Sherfield or Debo coming across from the screen, coming from the bottom of the screen to the top. They were going right to left. He had one pass that was kind of behind, and then he had the ball that Debo dropped. But I think for the most part, once he decided to throw, the ball was in a catchable place, and it was on. It was you know it wasn't late. Like there wasn't all of a sudden a defender there. And part of that might be like Arizona just has better playmakers on defense than the te- Texans are solid. Uh, not as a team overall, but they can give you a little bit of battle for two or three quarters for the most part. Solid. JJ, JJ. I mean, at the time was there an underrated part of this game was he always batted passes. Like that's maybe what he was really good at. I don't. I'd have to look back on how many balls he batted that individual game. He definitely had yeah. one or two. There was a play today like with Sherfield going over the middle, and the linebacker made a great play. Kind of right. leaped up, got his hand on it. Which Kirk, I mean, Kirksey, that I, Kirksey. Yeah, I, I can't put that. Like that's just a great play by the defender. Uh, what I've been interested though on is getting a guy across the middle, probably, what would you say, 20, 25-yard throw, given where he was standing, where Sherfield was. like where Because he was wide open. Even Archuleta's like, oh, God, he had him. Where, is that ball hitting him in stride? Is that ball a little behind him? Is it hitting oh, right. him in the front? I don't That's know. Like I, That would have been, he didn't really have that many of those throws. Because by the time, the one he had Debo, Debo had some space. It clearly beat his guy. He didn't have to stop. It was a nice throw. But like on the one where he hitting a true crosser, who's a little much closer than Debo was, I wish that would have – we just would have got to see the result of that ball placement. Right, right. I did you, think we sh- – go ahead. You just couldn't tell. You know, I, I, you didn't know where – it was impossible to tell. I thought one thing, the other thing that stood out was you just had – not that Garoppolo I, – I don't – doesn't throw the ball down the field, but I felt like there were more throws down the field with authority in this game. Um, You know, I – I Trey just he he just he lets it fly like when he throws it downfield it is in the category of he lets it fly and definitely took some, the one shot in the end zone to took another to shot kind of into double coverage um over the middle that got uh, broken up but well if you one thing watching the Texans last week against the Chargers even his interception was downfield John. <laughs> yeah, but see, to me, that's a Niner play. Like, that's a Kyle Shanahan, de- you know, developed play. They don't run, and just watch the Texans game last week and watch the Texans game this week. Now, Cooks, who, if that guy's going to be a free agent, like, he's good enough, like, someone's going to give him some money. He's kind of, like, resurrecting his career. Like, I think he looks pretty good. Is, like, the Texans just run some go routes, right? They did it last week. They did it again this week. Wouldn't you say, for the most part, now part of this is Jimmy's been the quarterback for, you know, several years. The Niners, like in their repertoire, is not just going deep and throwing it. They don't really do it that often. Just one-on-one coverage. Like you watch the Bengal game today. They, they fucking throw deep all the time to Chase. Just one-on-one, throw it. 
That's not really the Niners game plan on the outside of the numbers. And so I don't, I don't know if Kyle's not used to calling those plays, but that would be something if I was him, I would institute with Trey Lance, just some go routes with either 11 or 19, just run some go routes. Or even like if you can get one-on-one situation, now I don't, this guy's probably in the slot more than he's truly on the outside, but even like a Jennings back shoulder throw, right? That's, you know, like a 12-yard, 18-yard, somewhere in that range, like a comeback. And he could even be on the other hash or maybe even on the same hash, but he, he they push the ball outside. <laughs> like, that's just not really the Niners' offense unless it's a design play by the head coach. <laughs> yeah, I, this is we're setting everything up for to take this shot. Because don't you think that play that he throw the pick was clearly a design to get him leaked out down the corner, right? They, they tried to do that specifically and that's where, when he threw that pick, I, I blame, like, when Jimmy throws picks like that, and I always say, like, it worked in practice, you get the look you want, and, and, you know, a good quarterback, like, they eat the ball. Even if you don't see the wide open guy, I, take a sack, right? Anything's better than the pick. I have a harder time, this guy making a second start, like, hey, you hit this guy no matter what, it worked in practice, he just pulls the trigger, not a great throw, but, like, the decision, I mean, I bet they had been hammering that all week right? We're going to get this. We're going to get this. We're going to get this. He's fucking 21. He's like, we're, we're going to get this. And it just wasn't. And this is what goes back to what you were saying about the touch. I think he's really trying to balance on not everything has to be the rope. I'm sure they hammered that home from the first game, right? You know, work on some of this. I bet they've been working on it in practice. I bet the guys on defense are pushing it. And I think there he tried to make a perfect throw. And you can see even you're playing a shitty team like the Texans, these guys are still pretty good athletes, man. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you're just, you're watching. There were a couple of plays early on when he got tackled in space. I bet he realized like, God, this is what a four and 12 NFL team looks like. Holy shit. Right. <laughs> you, <know? laughs> you don't by and large, you don't get to sleepwalk on anybody. Hell, the bucks didn't get to sleepwalk on the jets, right? It's they just to come back to beat the jets it, today. Unlike the NBA or baseball, even if you're on a bad team, every game is so big as a player. Because at any moment you get cut, at any moment this could be, it's your resume. Most I bet most guys on the Texans, like how many guys on the Texans right now, agents are telling them, I think they mentioned this during the broadcast, he was like talking to Rex Burkhead, they're like, how many of you guys are on one-year contracts? He's like, I don't know, a lot of us. You know, it's like, they're all just kind of, mercenary is probably the wrong word, but, because they, I, you know, but that's what it kind of feels like, but they don't have terrible players. Like you watch the Texans, they got some legitimate NFL guys. Well, every time something happens in a tech, not every time, but they got a lot of guys where I'm like, oh, I remember him from being on that other good team. Oh, I remember him when he was on that. Do they have uh, Philip Lindsay? Yeah, they got Philip. Or is Lindsay. he on the Dolphins? No, uh, no, they is got it, Royce Freeman. They have Philip Lindsay. I think might be on, on Miami now. He is. Maybe yeah, I saw yeah, him last week. Is. But yeah, they got enough guys where it's just like Cooks and Burkhead, and uh, maybe that's the whole list. Um, <laughs> like Chris, I remember Chris him Conley. when he was good. Chris Conley? It's was he Gary here in the... Uh, That's Chris Conley. Yeah, I think this guy was on the Chiefs, but I'm not quite sure. Yeah, he was on the Chiefs. Conley was on the Chiefs for years. As like a third, fourth wide receiver. So the big picture now with Trey Lance, I think is the next level of this of this conversation. Uh, and part of this goes back to what we discussed in terms of his individual game performance. Some of the things that stood out. Um, but I think one of the big questions, and we'll probably address this in a different way as the week plays out, can he beat a better team? I I still think, and even at halftime, just kind of making notes of you know how I felt at that moment. 
I felt a lot like I felt after the Arizona game, which is, uh, you know, a young quarterback, we watch three throws, two drives, and go, oh, my God, how are they going to? Or, oh, my God, what a play. Not many people can do that, whichever side of the spectrum. And it's not, like, the sexiest take, but, you know, my take at halftime was this guy needs to play a lot of football. He just has to play football. He needs football and then more football and then more football and then more football. We love comparing him. You know, I, I say we. You've heard people draw correlation to Josh Allen a lot. Josh Allen got to play a lot of football. Like he got better, but he fast, but he got to just play the game and just, he was the quarterback and he got to play. And, uh, you know, that's my number one takeaway again with Trey Lance after watching this start against Houston was he needs to play. He needs to play. It's not revisionist history. Like he, I'm not saying he should have been playing all year. That's a separate conversation. But if I'm John Lynch and Jed York calls me, he's like, what do you think? I'm like, well, Jed, I, I think he needs to play more. A lot. He needs to play. Yeah, I mean, to me, we'll get in. I'm sure as the week goes on, like he, to me, he should start this week, no matter what, and just keep starting moving forward. One thing I think you deal with with young, athletic running quarterbacks that you never do, even with a guy like Jimmy or Carr, like that level of athlete, and obviously to like the Manning and Brady's, they can't move at all. They always have to perfect like the sliding in the pocket. Like, say what you want about Jimmy. Jimmy, for the most part, is pretty good in the pocket, just kind of moving up, moving because he has to be because he cannot run away. Early on in the game, and I listen, I you'd have to talk to like quarterback coaches, and a lot of quarterback coaches, a decent, I guess, more and more have been around them now. But th- these guy guys didn't really exist. I would say over the last like decade, there have been a ton more. But sometimes, like if his first read wasn't there, this happened early in the game because as the game went on, he got more decisive. Instead of like moving over, he like takes two take two sprint steps. <laughs> so he's like kind of runs into like almost the back of an offensive line and then he has to run away. And I think that's an early sign of athletic quarterbacks. You got to battle through that. There's a balance of being calm in the pocket and not being frenetic and then knowing when to just kind of take off. And I think Russell's probably the best example of a guy that like mastered that over time. Those first four or five years, I think that their guys would tell you it was fucking all over the map. Deshaun kind of got to master it at Clemson, and by the time he got to the NFL, was really smooth at it. And he can even be like that a little bit, but we haven't seen him in a while now. But I always thought he was a smooth athlete in the pocket that then waited to kind of move. That is one thing that is going to be an off-season project. Now, I don't know the drills or whatever. It's hard to obviously replicate true pass rush in just shorts and t-shirt, but they got to do pocket stuff, right? And then part of it is just always going to be a little innate. You got to know when to take off and not like that shit you can't coach. But that, to me, early on in his career, even once he becomes a, this might be a couple years of just balancing that, right? Of just not being frenetic in the pocket. And sometimes, a couple times a day as the game went on, he could still be frenetic and then he could still make the sweet play because he's got so much God given talent. Yeah. Right? Like you watch Davis Mills, like he got sacked a bunch as the game went on. But he just, he just, he's not, he's just going to step up in the pocket, move over. Like he's a pocket quarterback. And that's, I, I don't know how you, ba- I don't know if there's a perfect answer for that, right? It's just, you need him to become the best version of himself doing what he can master. Right, right. I think the question is, and this is like every quarterback over time, right? There was a time when it wasn't crazy to say Colin is one of the most unique or whatever. J- Jaws, I think, said could be the greatest quarterback of all time. Whatever he said, one of the most unique. There's a point in time where, like, yeah, he is one of the most unique. And then as time goes on, players have to develop and, you know, improve on their weaknesses and that sort of thing. 
And I don't think we know yet. I'll be very interested. Like after we get a year of Trey Lance, is he a guy that vacates the pocket early? Uh, some would use the word just leaves. Leaves is a good name, but vacates is red area football talk. Does he leave the pocket early a lot, right? Or the more he plays, does he see it better? Does he get rid of the ball quicker? And he doesn't have to leave the pocket as much. Part of leaving the pocket is one of two things, right? Either you're holding the ball too long or your your offensive line isn't holding up. And um, it felt like, he, you know, he holds the ball. A hallmark of Jimmy Garoppolo is he gets rid of the ball quickly. It's one of the first things you notice about him. His physical motion looks like Tom's. And it's it's, you know, built to get rid of the ball as quickly as possible. And it's not an accident that it kind of looks the way it looks because it's that's who he grew up kind of in his football world emulating is Tom was with him every day. I don't know if Jimmy worked with Tom House, but Brady did. And he looks mechanically a little bit like Tom when he throws. That's not true. And we're not talking about mechanics. We're just talking about do you see it and do you throw it? And I think that'll be the big question I have with Trey Lance is just as time goes on. The thing you do year one and the things you do year two are different, like the as you progress, then the standards change and then we need you to do different things, right? As you get more expensive, now you got to carry a team more, all those sorts of things. So I think the number one question with him is, will he, I love John. I think his, to me, one of his greatest qualities is one of the hardest qualities to find in a quarterback that he, he looks, he is a mobile quarterback that, that wants to throw a B C D. He does not look to get out of the pocket to run, or to panic, or to scramble. He looks to get out of the pocket to create more time to throw, which I love about him. Because, But I also think he's realized early on in a couple starts, like, I don't know, I'm not running away from as many people as I definitely did in college, right? Because he would have plays in college where he would, like, juke guys out, so he knows right away that's actually a good lesson to learn, and maybe it just would have come without that. Like, he's not, he did not look to run, and maybe that's a coaching point they have in him. Because the other thing that I wrote down, and this is just, it's unfair. Like this, he's going to get to me a first year before. Like I, I, I'm not Zach Wilson, Mac Jones, Trevor Lawrence. They got beat 75 to nothing. It felt like today. It's going terribly, and it's like okay, you know, you hold on to the football too long. Well, every single game, imagine for these young players, you are seeing things that you've probably never seen before. So if you're holding on to the like we, we were critical of Jimmy holding on to the football too long sometimes, right? When he a couple times, like he took a bad sack in the Tennessee game. He's a 30-year-old veteran in a big spot, right? You, you're allowed, like Peyton Manning and Tom Brady probably have plays where they hold on to the football too long. But there are given situations if you're watching football throughout a weekend where you're like, well, you cannot take a sack here, right? You can it'll take you out of field goal range, or you're out of timeouts to end the first half. Like you got to get rid of the football. And to me, those are things, the more comfortable you are with your offensive players, the more comfortable you get with Debo, Ayuk, and Kittle, the offense, what you're seeing on defense. And you're, you're going to get, assuming he plays this week, maybe gets a playoff game, and then the first half of next year, he's going to be seeing all sorts of new shit. Like, it's going to be a work in progress to me. Like, him holding on to the ball, I'm not going to criticize him for that right now totally because it's kind of unfair to do to any young quarterback. You can yeah. be critical of Russell Wilson holding on the ball too long. He's been in the league a decade. Even Josh Allen, like in Mahomes, and the guys that have been now starting with, if you've had 16 straight, four, you, you, know, you start doing the math, you're like, well, these guys are at 60, 70 career starts. Right? They've seen how many different cross-dog, cover fours and sevens can you see. Trey Lance, like, there's a chance today he saw a defense he's never seen today. Like, bro, I've never seen a safety do that on cover whatever. 
right? I mean, that's, and he's going to get, I, I guarantee he's going to get some of that this week, right? I, you know, just listen to you talk. I think we've talked a lot. I'm not breaking news to anybody that he hasn't played a lot of football. We all know it and have probably heard it too much. But to your point, he's now, today was the second game he's played against NFL level athletes, right? Like Joe Burrow didn't play in the NFL at LSU, but he played against a lot of NFL level athletes. How many NFL level athletes? In, pra- in practice every day. In practice. Right? Yeah. Uh, just think about the amount of playmakers on the field relative to what Trey Lance has done before. So when you say it's his, like we say, he's played two and a half NFL games now, it really is nothing when you start thinking about the speed of the game the quality of the players that he's facing is really, really, really high and really new to him. Really new to him. You know, and I think when we think about development, we always talk about year one to year two the most. Start one to start two or game one to game two. I think we talk about that for teams. But to me, game one, if game one is week one and game two is week two, okay, or whatever. If they're successive, if they're in order, that's not what he's experienced this year. He played early and then didn't play for a really long time. So uh, I, I would love to see him, you know, from a, if we're just talking about his development standpoint, I'd love to see him play three straight games to end the season. Well, I would going say this next year. And we talked about this this week. Mac Jones, the games he's played in this year have mattered because he's on a playoff team. The other three guys who have been full time starters. Trevor Lawrence has not played in one game that's mattered, and it's a complete shit show disaster. Zach Wilson, like he, they, their games don't matter. I mean, it's like today it mattered to Tampa for seeding, but whether they won or lost, it does not matter, right? It just doesn't. The the outcome does not matter. The Bears beat the shit out of the Giants today, but again, it doesn't matter. Trey has had two starts, and like Mac Jones, like Max had a whole season, so I know they lost some early games. But like Trey, the Niners had, especially today, like they had to win. The Niners had to win, must win game. Now it's against a shitty team who's gonna go four and thirteen probably. But I still, promise you, that's had, not how it felt to him. Fuck no, they had to win. So th- there's a pressure on that, and maybe that goes back to what I said about early on in the game. It's why I was not gonna tweet about the first half really about him, and really I didn't. I'm not gonna give away our takes. Uh, for free on to Jack Dorsey. But that guy, like, I understand him being all amped up. Like, it's just, it was understandable in that moment. But I think he still owns, you know, he's still uh, invested in the deal. Yeah, he went to square their other uh, venture. But I think he's making a little bit more money. (laughs) Literally, it's just, just zoop, zoop, swipe, swipe, play. I I actually heard this venture capitalist talk that funded Twitter and said, I tried to tell them 10 years ago that you should incorporate, it should have been one company. Right, like you, you trade money, do money on Twitter. It'd all be one, and it would have drawn everyone there. Instead, it's just turned into this place where people just scream at each other. Is that why Venmo tells me what everybody's up to all the time? Yeah, because it kind of incorporates a communal aspect of it. But do people like, oh, what's up, man? I just texted you. I just saw you sent Bethany $25 for pizza emoji, and I just want to see what you guys are up to this weekend. It's weird. I When we exchange money, we do private. <laughs> I don't understand. I don't understand. Uh, all right. Um, before we go any further, John, let's tell the people about Indeed. Indeed.com slash ham. Indeed.com slash ham. This is where it's at. Right now, you need to get your team lined up 
for the new season at the NFL postseason about to begin, but a whole new year is about to start for you and your company. And to get the right players on your squad, you go to indeed.com slash ham for a $75 job credit at indeed.com slash ham. Guy, we're all looking for workers. And instead of spending hours on multiple job sites, hoping to find candidates with the right skills, you need one powerful hiring partner that can help you do it all. With Instant Match, as soon as you sponsor a post, you get a short list of quality candidates with resumes on Indeed that match your job description, and you can invite them to apply right away. Plus, you only pay for quality applications that meet your must-have requirements. Indeed makes it easy to make great hires. That's what we're all trying to do. Get high-level employees, you know, like George Kittle, Brandon Ayuk, start winning games, start winning in life, start winning in business, and that's where Indeed.com slash ham is here to help you do. Yeah, don't end up like Shad Khan hiring Trent Balky and then maybe firing Trent Balky because other people told you that they don't want to work for Trent Balky. When you go to indeed.com slash ham, you work with instant match where over 90% of employers get quality candidates as soon as they sponsor their job post candidates that you invite to apply through instant match are three times more likely to apply for your job than candidates who only see it in search. So right now get a $75 sponsor drop credit job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash ham. Offer valid through March 31st. Go to Indeed.com slash ham to claim your $75 job credit before March 31st. Indeed.com slash ham. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need. Indeed. Indeed. Yes. Podcast also brought to you by BetterHelp. Online therapy at BetterHelp.com slash ham pod. BetterHelp.com slash ham pod. Guy, here's the thing. It's been a long year. It's been a long couple years. And obviously the start of a new year. This is not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It is professional counseling done securely online. You'll get timely and thoughtful responses. Plus you can schedule weekly video phone sessions. All without ever having to sit in an uncomfortable waiting room. BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches so they make it easy and free to change counselors if needed. You don't like the counselor? You get a new one, guy. We all need some help sometimes. And that's where BetterHelp comes in. BetterHelp.com slash ham pod. And uh, the service is available for clients worldwide. Yeah, again, it's ham pod is after the slash. BetterHelp.com slash ham pod. Customized online therapy, video, phone, even live chat sessions with your therapist. You don't have to turn the camera on or be on camera if you don't want to. If you don't want to try it that way, that's fine. It's much more affordable than in-person therapy, and you uh, can start commi- uh, uh, communicating with your therapist in under 48 hours. Invest in your mind like you invest in everything else. What a great way to start the new year. It's a safe and private online environment, and it's convenient. Yep. Start living a happier life today. As a listener, you'll get 10% off your first month by visiting our sponsor at BetterHelp dot com slash ham pod join over 1 million who have taken uh taken charge of their mental health again that's better help h-e-l-p dot com slash ham pod better help dot com slash ham pod b-e-t-t-e-r-h-e-l-p dot com slash ham pod all right john so the niners won the must win game they had to win they did not get the help from the panthers that they needed which means that their work for the postseason is not done. I would say they also didn't get the help from the Cowboys giving the Rams the division and just putting the urgency of that game. Now, I I said it a couple weeks ago, 
I struggle to root for teams. Obviously, I want the 49ers in the playoffs. It's good for business. It's good for my entertainment. It's good for my text chains. But, like, today, I, I mean, don't get me wrong. I was rooting for the Cowboys to beat Arizona. I wanted the Rams just to win the division. Obviously, the Niners can't win the division. But, like, I, I was hoping Carolina, but I actually didn't have much faith in Carolina. So they are in a position now where the Rams, and we'll see how it plays out, how they schedule the games next week. But more than likely, like the Rams are going to try. Because last time I checked, guy, you win the division, you get a home game. And the Cardinals, who play Seattle in Arizona, I'm pretty sure, that, you know, now Seattle, Russell claimed he was going to get traded. But yeah, it's in Arizona or he might get traded, like, I don't know, man. I I, I think it's going to be, if Trey Lance has to start on the road in a must-win game to get in the playoffs against a team trying to win the division, like that's it's going to be a little different than today, guy. Well, first of all, I, I, I would remove the quarterback from it. If Jimmy Garoppolo, I mean, I know they have Sean McVay, Kyle Shanahan has Sean McVay's number and the Rams' number, but there's a scenario where the Niners, uh, where, where a... Uh, a Saints team who's been searching for, I mean, with their quarterback situation makes the playoffs. That would be, as I think to quote you, a major kick in the dick to miss the playoffs and that that Saints team makes like a year where you look back at the NFL and go, this year you missed the NFC playoffs? I, like, I'd even this, argue the the Eagles finding a way to get into. Would be like, yeah, the Eagles, Eagles too. got did, in the playoffs. This, I know their schedule's I, been easy, but holy shit. It's, it is a uh, island of misfit toys making the playoffs in the back end of the NFC. Not the top of the NFC, although the top of the NFC doesn't quite look like, you know, the Rams and Bucks don't look quite like maybe we're they not did even, We're not even talking back. about them. We're just no. talking about the lower group. We're just talking about the last two. A little bit like, listen, I was able to talk a lot of shit about Kingsbury because he missed the playoffs because of the Bears got in at 8-8. Eight and eight. Part of it is like, it, it was harder. No one was shitting on the Miami Dolphins last year when they went 10-6 and six and they missed the playoffs. Like, you go 10-6, and six, that sucks. It was just a year you had to have 11 wins to get in the playoffs. That is not the situation currently, right? Now, the Eagles do play the Cowboys. Uh, you know, they could easily lose that game. The Cowboys played them, remember, on Monday night a lot earlier this season, and they beat the shit out of them in Dallas. The Falcons, watching a little bit of that game against Buffalo today, were feisty. You know, Josh was not good, threw a couple picks, uh, but again, like I, I cannot like I'm giving the Saints that win. The Eagles, I wouldn't quite give them that win, but the Niners, they would just have the same record because they're not assuming that if let's just say the Niners lose, the, the Eagles have nine wins, right? The Eagles are already at nine wins. The Saints right. right now are what eight and eight, so they have to win to get to nine and eight. Yeah, the the win today got the Saints to eight and eight. Now the Niners yeah. win, they're basically they're in. It's just that simple. You win, you're in because the the only other team that gets to ten. You know, fighting for the six and seven spot would be the Philadelphia Eagles, which obviously you own a tiebreaker against, but it doesn't even matter. Like, you, there'd be no tiebreaker. You just have two. The six and seven seed would be ten and seven, right? Right. Yeah. And you, and clearly, this is going to be one of those. It's a pretty easy week for Sean McVay. These guys have been kicking the shit out of us before you got here, Matt. This year, when you're here, Matt. And hey, Matt, can you stop fumbling and throwing picks for the love of God? Because his pick six today was terrible. He threw another pick where he forced it down the field. And then he had a bad fumble. Like he is, I saw, I, someone forwarded me a text that the broadcast said 
that in his last 51 passes, when he threw the second pick, he had thrown five interceptions and 51 passes. He is, I mean, guy, he's, I don't think it's over the top to say, given the money he's being paid, what they, kind of imploding down the stretch. That many turnovers? That's insane. Rodgers has four picks this year. He had five and 51 passes. I mean, that's... You know, I, I th- there's a separate conversation depending on what happens with them in the postseason about maybe maybe we should listen to a fan base when they've watched a guy for ten years and tell us hey, he's not exactly what you think he is. Um, now he's got a chance to kind of reverse what he Rams traded for Jared Goff for Jared Goff. <laughs> That's not true, but I found it funny. They uh, a, 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 a strong arm Jared Goff. I mean. I know they didn't trade for Jared Goff, but if if moving to Matthew Stafford hasn't actually ended uh, Sean McVay's search for a quarterback, then it is they upgraded, no question. They've got a better chance to win the Super Bowl because of what they did. But yeah, there's serious questions about him, and I think it's a reminder that that nothing. I don't want to sound like an NFL Films voiceover, but for the most part, nothing in the NFL is given. It has to be earned. And again, I don't want to sound like an NFL NFL Films voiceover. In the NFL, nothing is given. All is earned. Niners have to, in all likelihood, beat the Rams. Now, the Saints could lose to the Falcons. That's definitely possible. The Falcons end up losing to the Bills today. Yeah, the final score was uh, 29 to 15. Okay. So the, I mean, the Matt Staff, the uh, Matt Ryan dive play was, was a pretty bad call by the uh, refs there. But, um, Josh Allen was 11 of 26 for 120 yards and threw three picks. <laughs> My God. He threw three picks, 120 total yards. And it they was still snowing. won like 14 points. The Dome team came up and was in that game. Holy smokes. Matt, Matt Ryan was 13 of 23 for 197, no touchdowns or picks. Yeesh. God, that was an ugly game, but he was sacked five times. That game was ugly. He had a rushing touchdown they took away. I don't know if you saw that. I did not, no. Yeah, he dove, and they said he was giving himself up. And then after he thought he'd scored a touchdown, he taunted. And so he was down at the one and a 15-yard penalty after what should have been a touchdown. As people keep saying in the chat, the Vikings win tonight, the Eagles are in. Which the makes Vikings, sense. Right, we're recording this before Vikings-Packers, and we're giving no faith to the Vikings, I guess. Kellen Mond? No, it's... Uh, Sean Mannion, right? Sean Mannion. And I think all... By the time you listen to this, you might already know the answer, but for those of you on the stream, if I saw this... I heard this stat in passing, but I wasn't able to nail it down. I think that... I think I saw something along the lines like of Sean... Like all Sean Mannion starts come in week 17. Like historically, that's like, you know, the the Rams shut it down, Sean Mannion oh, yeah. starts. Because technically, like, this is week 17. This right? is week 17, yeah. <laughs> but like... <laughs> But it's not because the games matter and he's, you know, the clothes are coming out of the bullpen. Listen, I, we are here. The, the facts are the facts. You could argue it's pretty embarrassing that they're even sitting here. Like, they, they are too talented. But again, like, it's irrelevant. It's all talk. Just that they're in this spot should make every, even people in the building a little uncomfortable. It shouldn't be this way. <laughs> you know, I mean, it just shows you how many games they've blown throughout the season. I mean, blown. You can count three with ease off the top of your head. Blown. And it just shows you, because in theory, the seventh spot, like, because technically, while the Eagles would be in, they're only in because of the new playoff setup, because they could still get the seventh seed if the Niners win next week. If this was a normal season, they would not be, like, 
if this was the old playoff format, the Niners and Eagles would be in because they'd be nine and seven, right? Or the right. Niners would be in because they beat them yeah, head yeah. to head. So like, would the Niners be would be the sixth seed. The Eagles right. can get in, and they still might end up being the seventh seed. So it's a little. It's just. It was like last week the Broncos won, but somehow the Cowboys won the division. I saw someone that like, it's like, I've covered the NFL for 30 years. This is the most bizarre tiebreaker thing I've ever seen in my life. Like, wait, the Broncos won or lost and the Cowboys won? It's like, what? Because it wasn't even an NFC game, but it was all this conference tiebreakers out of conference, all this, you know, bullshit. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but if they, if they, if they lose, they need to, they need the Saints to lose, right? They got to stay out of ties with the Saints because the Saints have, Common opponent tiebreaker and conference tiebreakers, conference record tiebreakers. If they beat Atlanta next week, um, so they just got to stay out of ties with the Saints, which is crazy. I mean, it really is like I wouldn't vote Sean Payton coach of the year, but if that team makes the playoffs, it's a hell of a coaching job given what their quarterback I, situation has been. You could you could argue there's no way around it if the 49ers are not playing in the wild card round. It is going to be a tough one for Kyle to swallow. It just will. And I, it's they're going to be an underdog this week, I'm sure, especially if Trey plays, and they should be, even though they've beat him so many times. Like, Trey Lance should not be favored against the Rams. And it's just it's going to be tough because the whole body of work. It, it's what coaches always talk about in an individual game, right? Like when a guy fumbles with a minute left, and you're down three, or you're down four, and you're driving to like getting to, you got to score a touchdown. You get down to the 10, and then the dude fumbles, and the coach comes after us like, it's not Williamson's fault. It did not come down to the one play. Like, it'll be easy for Kyle to be like, it did not come down to this one game. And he's kind of right. Like, it's the body of work. Like, we're in this position for a reason, but like, everyone is just going to be somewhat tunnel vision in the game. <laughs> like, you lose it. And especially if they could always you know, change the times of these games. I, historically, we haven't been in the seven-team playoff mode that often, right? It's only year two of it. But historically, they've been pretty fluid. Like, even 10 a.m. games, they've moved them to one, right, for the uh, the credibility of the games. Hasn't that mm-hmm. always been a thing? Like, if the Saints game and the Niner game are going to be played at the same time. Right, right. Like, do you agree with that? Like, they will change the times of those games to make them at the same time. Like, I would imagine the Saints game and Atlanta game will get moved up to uh, one o'clock Pacific standard time or what in yeah. the same window. Yeah. You don't want to, you don't want, cause what they don't want is new Orleans losing to Atlanta. And now the Niners game, doesn't a matter. doesn't matter they on TV even. and it's just, you know? Yeah. So that game to me has got, they're moving that thing to one o'clock one or one twenty five. Whenever the Niners game kicks off, that game's moving too. Has the chargers right? uh, Raider game been flexed to Sunday night football yet? Well, I mean, technically they do not have a Sunday night football game. Right, but I remember a couple years ago they just wait if there's a game worthy of it. And several years ago it was Colts Titans. I would guess it would be the Chargers and the Raiders because that by far is the best game. Yeah, we'll talk about that momentarily. But um, it's it would be the worst case scenario for the Niners to not have played Trey Lance and to miss the playoffs. You know, it's you can stomach kind of you can you can stomach trying to win, especially there were times when the Niners down the stretch. You know, before they lost to Tennessee, you're like, God, this team that no one wants to face them, blah, 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 all the stuff everybody says in the playoffs, right? Maybe you can get in, then you win a game. Why couldn't you win a game? Look at you're gonna step on the field. You got Kittle and Debo and your run game, and who's gonna have anything better than that? They'll have other good stuff, but but it would be a failure. I mean, it's it's it would be a failure to miss the playoffs and not have developed Trey Lance this year. 
that would be. It doesn't be change anything. No, no one's getting Kyle's not getting fired for that. Doesn't mean Trey Lance, whatever. It's just it would that would be bad, especially by, in this year. By far the worst case scenario. I that's a great point by you. I didn't even I mean, we have a lot of time to marinate on that. That would be you talk about it. That'd be a kick in the nuts. That'd be a kick in the nose. That'd be a nice kick in the in the esophagus. I mean, that would be it'd be hard for them to shake that one. That that would be people would be fucking pissed. And keep in mind, you know, depending on I have the right you, to be pissed because it's like what what did we really gain? Because this guy, as we saw I, today, still has a long way to go, and there's no yeah. guarantee that you're going to be good next year with this guy learning on the fly. I don't even think it's about people being. I mean, it's people would be pissed, but it's also just as simple as you you made a bet that you were good enough to make the playoffs without him. Fine, but you lost the bet, and now you didn't develop him, and you didn't make the playoffs. And so you don't have now, depending on, you know, how does this look? Does he start this week? Do you make the playoffs? Does he like there's a scenario, right, where Trey Lance starts and beats the Rams and then they play a playoff game and maybe they lose, but he plays well. And now he's got three straight starts and he's got a playoff game and you're feeling good about him and the hype machine and Jed selling tickets or whatever. I mean, the tickets are sold, but you know what I mean? Um, and there's another scenario where you miss the playoffs and Trey hasn't played that much and you go, well, are we at? Where are we? Let me look down. Let me check the map. We bi- we hiked in a big circle. We're right back where we started, you know, and that would be frustrating. That would be frustrating. It's not just two ones you gave up, but you gave up a third round pick in this year's draft. <laughs> so you want to feel like you're a better football team at the end of this year going into that. Na- are you a better football team going into the 2022 season, right, than you were at the end of 2021? Well, you can you can give up a little bit of it if you made the playoffs because that's the goal every year. Let's make the playoffs this year, right? And I'm, I'm on board with that goal. But, John, there's a world where you make the playoffs this year. I don't want to poo-poo this, but I'm just – this is how it works. I mean, we've all seen it. Making the playoffs is great in the moment. It's great. But what happens, let's say, at the beginning of next year, you lose a couple of games to start the year because you're still developing Trey – and then with hindsight, you go, well, you know, I know we made the playoffs last year, but for the big picture, would it been better to have played Trey Lance and missed the playoffs? If next year he's not ready to roll to win games the way you need to win games when the season starts. It's not a prediction, but I like we've seen it happen a million times. You see it all the time in baseball at the trade deadline. In the moment, everybody loves trading prospects for a proven bat or a big arm to start October to start, you know, at September and the stretch run. And it's great. And I, every time it happens, like, yeah, go all in the whole thing that you do. This whole sports thing is trying to get a September where your team thinks it can make the playoffs. That's cool. But if you don't, or even if you do, and you get bounced in the first round and then you've got five years of, you know, the guy left as a free agent. And now the guy you gave up is an ace for somebody else. And you go, well, shit, maybe that wasn't the best thing to do. Big picture. So that's that's still you, on the table, too. You, you said it. I had to just look it up. The Niners don't have the third-round pick in this upcoming draft either. No, they <laughs> so don't have the third. So the Dolphins have their first and, yeah, they this they had a first in the playoffs. Third. Yeah. Making the playoffs is a huge just you can at least swallow it, even if you lost in the playoff game to the Bucks or the Rams or fucking whoever, you Dallas by a couple touchdowns. Like that, to me, at least, especially if you got Trey getting the reps. There's a whole other elephant in the room, like of this little Jimmy comeback season. 
you know, I mean, wh- what do you do in the playoffs? That's another thing. Like Kyle, he is he's in a weird spot right now. He could, you know, if he does the right move. It's like when Bochi, you know, go to a pitch hitter. And we see it sometimes in other teams when it doesn't work. You're like, this idiot. But sometimes we do the pitch hitter and the dude hits a home run. <laughs> you know, can you imagine if Trey somehow they win this game against the Rams and then he goes back to Jimmy and they get smoked in the playoffs? People be like, what are you doing? But if somehow like you go back to Jimmy and he wins the playoff game, then everyone will be okay. But he's already got a couple curveballs that I already saw rap sheet throwing out this morning. Like there's just some stuff like, what's he going to do? Now it's hard to tell like, is he just doing this to keep everyone kind of on their toes? Which he said before, if if it doesn't behoove me to say something, I never want a competitive disadvantage. You don't want the Rams to know that Trey's going to start. So I would imagine they're not going to be like dead set who's starting and who's not starting. They're like, we'll take it day by day with Jimmy and we'll see where it goes. Yeah, Jimmy, we took it. They took it day by day this last week, and Jimmy wasn't healthy enough to put on a uniform. Right, he finished the game with as many shoulder pads on as Antonio Brown did. What did he even? Th- I don't think he made it to one practice, did he? I think he was DNP all three days. Well, no, he did like the, yeah, he did the throw before practice. What day was that? Tuesday, Monday, Tuesday. Right. No, No. he didn't. Yeah. He was out there. They tried the, whatever the trainers took him out before the practice started. Right. Yeah. Whatever. He did not practice, but Monday DNP or Wednesday DNP, Thursday DNP, like once the practice started, Jimmy was gone. No. (laughs) Like, do you expect that to be any different this week? I don't know. I don't. I mean, this, the, he needs surgery after the season. Was the report on Sunday? But the even barrels right. like a little weird. He just said that he doesn't need surgery. Like they keep they. But the, keep I, I thought the, I thought the quote went further and said he might need it after the season, but he doesn't need it now. I thought that's what I, Kyle I thought Kyle was pretty adamant. He's avoided surgery. Like he's good. He just mm-hmm. is a, it's just a rehab naturally thing. Remember we talked about that last week when Kyle said it, and even barrels I saw it said today because Rapsheet said he's going to need surgery. And then, because Kyle had said earlier this week, like, that is not the case. But again, it's it's hard to tell, like, are they trying to fuck with everyone? I don't even know why. So here, here's the, just, yeah, I mean, here's the Barrows. Uh, asked Friday if Garoppolo needs surgery. I don't think so. They said they don't think he needs surgery. That doesn't mean it can't get worse. You may need it. So I'm not sure about that, but he doesn't need surgery right now. From what I've been told, I don't think he'll need it after the season, but there's always possibilities. And Rapsheet had said this morning that he needs surgery after the season. <laughs> So it's like, are they trying to build up this comeback that he's like, he's got to get his hand. You know, I saw a play today. I think it was like the Bills. It was a lineman. I think has like a partially torn ligament in his wrist and he's, he made a tackle. I mean, there's a defensive lineman who has to like stack shed, makes his tackle, and then he like stack holds shit. his wrist and the, and the announcer was like, he is just one tough guy. <laughs> and he's just like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, if we're talking about Jimmy's finger. Now, like we said, if you can't grip the ball, you can't grip the ball. But... Like that, this is going to be a conversation that goes all week because Kyle's going to play it up, for yeah. sure. Yeah, which you know I don't do the Rams if Garoppolo starting. They would well, Jimmy. For Trey, Jimmy probably. has beat them several times, right? Understood, but I'm just saying, like they know what that looks like, right? They would. I would imagine they'd spend a little more time preparing for the possibility of Trey, and then they probably won't have a difficult time adjusting back if it's Garoppolo. My thing is, and this always happens with Russell Wilson, who Seattle has their worst season ever, and they sweep the Niners. Stafford could have thrown 17 interceptions the last four games. I would just, and I know he did against the Niners, threw a couple picks. It's hard for me to see him just keep rattling picks. I mean, you, their DB, the deep DB play of the 49ers is just really atrocious. I mean, it, it really, I mean, Ambry, 
doesn't have a great feel for just playing the ball in the air. He's there, John. He's attached on the hip. But he just doesn't turn his head and never make a play on the ball. And then Josh Norman just cannot run with anyone with any speed. Like, that's just, we know that. So it's like, Josh, you can't get mad when they throw the flag when you are holding on to them down the field. Like, your one arm is out as you are trailing them, holding them from running faster. Like, I, I, I think sometimes if you watch the NFL, I, I think they throw too many pass interference plays. I, I think this is not the ref show. Keep your fucking flag in your pocket. But the 49ers guys, it's and they, they lead the league, or I mean, they feel like they have, definitely the second half of the season, and P.I. calls, most of them are justified. I mean, and pretty blatant. Even the play after they yank Norman out of the game, they bring in Johnson, and he does the same thing. He's like holding on for dear life. It's like, bro. And then he gets mad. It's like you're holding on to their shoulder pad as they're running ahead of you. It's just, it's pretty obvious. That's where it's like, how are they going to beat the Rams? I, I, I would just go deep all the I mean, nonstop. You'll just go well, pi all the way down the field. Yeah, and even if you throw a pick or two, they might the be Rams, able to overcome it. I know. Well, the, I mean, the Rams kinda, like I know this. You know, he's thrown six interceptions in three games. Stafford. They've won all three games. The last on three games, two of them on the road. Yeah, yeah. The last three games, he's thrown six interceptions total. One against Seattle, they won. Three in Minnesota, they won. Two in Baltimore, they won. Uh, now it's not a recipe you'd continue. You're not winning a Super Bowl like that. But I know the Niners wouldn't be three and zero if their quarterbacks had six interceptions in three games. No chance, right? We saw so, Jimmy threw two and they lost on Thursday Night Football. <laughs> the Rams, yeah. I, Jimmy throws one. I mean, it's. Trey threw one against the Texans, and it eventually they pulled away. But I heard I don't uh, it almost cost them because it didn't. But I heard Schrager say this maybe like a week ago that I think through like the first three, might have been the first four weeks of the uh, of December, Sony Michelle was the leading rusher in the month of December, and even today he had 19 carries for 74 yards. Like Sony has been running the ball, like he's been a capable NFL starter. When I've watched the Rams this this month. And obviously, he's had a lot of yards, but I just mean he looks like a legitimate. Because some of the times when the Niners have kicked their ass, like the post Gurley teams, their running situation has been pretty questionable. Like if they just have a solid running back, they at least can just have a balanced team. And that to me is like they've gotten a little pass happy when the Niners have taken advantage of them because they just kind of work their offensive linemen. And obviously, with Goff, he couldn't move. And Stafford, well, he's a better athlete than Goff. He's not a big runaround guy at this point in time in his career. Like, when I watch him, for the most part, he's in, like, the seven-yard radius, right? But he just... Better athlete than golf is not a high bar either. No. But his arm, like, he can just throw it. And you saw today, like, he tried to throw a bomb, and it's just... that's. But it's like, do you have faith? And again, the Niners pulled it off on that Monday night game, but how often are their DBs, like, high-pointing the ball, like, 40 yards down the field? It's <laughs> just not happening. No, it doesn't happen. Um... Jason said, "Guy and John, I bet I bet you bet against the Raiders. You are correct about that. That was not not ideal." Um, JJ says, "Whoever's playing quarterback, both the Rams and Niners should have at least two interceptions each week 18." Uh, Alicia says, "Middlecoff, guy, do you think Garoppolo plays?" I mean, at this point, I would say no. He was in a hoodie this week, so my my bet would be no right now. But that's Something I'll reevaluate as the week goes on. I'm, I know we'll talk more about it in the middle of the week. You? 
Uh, I, I think it's closer to like 100%. His season is just over, that they're just doing this to play it up than it is like he returns at any point. It's a pretty big stretch from not being able to practice at all and being inactive to then just within a couple days being able to play. Like the the time, the the days come up pretty quick, right? You look at Lamar. Lamar went from, oh, ankle injury to like, guy, we haven't seen Lamar in a long time. And And he practiced last week. For the first time, kind of. I think he was like limping around and then they scrapped it. And today he was in shorts and a t-shirt. I mean, they might have been playing in a cold game. I guess it wasn't Baltimore, so he was in sweats, you know, in a hoodie. <laughs> but uh, he couldn't. He was, sure when you're inactive and you can't practice all week, like it's to me, there's a gap between like you, you guys day to day, and then he works it out pregame, and it's like, ah, oh, we just we, we took a deep breath. Like we're not even close to that point with Lamar's closer than Jimmy, right? Yeah, because he played, and it's not a hand injury. Um, he practiced. He practiced. Sorry, uh, you know. I think we we talked about this last week. Part of it is what how did Kyle, what does Kyle Shanahan think today about the way Trey Lance played, or what does he think? You know, after he watches the tape again, is he more confident in Trey Lance today than he was, you know, coming into the game? Um, I think he's got to feel pretty good about some of the things that he did. I'm sure he'll be pretty critical on some of the things he didn't do or the mistakes that he made, but. We know what he we, he has told us repeatedly with his actions what he thinks. If Jimmy Garoppolo is healthy, he plays Trey Lance. I mean, he plays Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah, right. Um, twenty second half points. Like to me, there's a big like they scored twenty second half points. You know, part of it was this they they for the you know first quarter and a half like it wasn't even really that close. <laughs> you know, they just yeah. weren't. I mean, they weren't threatening the Texans. And then once that second half or the drive before the half. It just felt like a more flu, like that's a winning level offense. Now, you're not, I don't think you're going to be able to beat the Rams with a game where you just don't do anything for a quarter and a half. Like you can have a couple bad drives, but you need to threaten them more often. Than- well, yeah. The, the, the Seahawks game, the Titans game, and now the Texans game too, where you just kind of take some time to get going. This game was a little different in that those other two games, they had opportunities to be in control from a score standpoint, didn't take them. This game, it just took them a while. Um, but I think one thing that would that would hurt is if you somehow end up back with Garoppolo next week for a period of time. Some I, I, This is a weird, I don't, this scenario might be too far-fetched, but in some scenario that you win, but he's actually not healthy enough to then play the next week in the playoffs, and now Trey's had a week off again. Not a realistic scenario, but uh, Nanak Nanak says I, I don't I don't like doing that. What? I mean, I think Trey's got to play this week, no matter what. Well, I don't like doing it either. I'm just I'm just saying there there is a scenario. I don't know. It was a it's a far fetched scenario if that thing ever came to pass. We deal with it later. But uh, Niners secondary could be the healthiest it's been all year at the start of the playoffs. Mosley coming back and rookies have experience now for depth. I mean, I guess healthiest since. Uh, Jason Brett got hurt. Remember, remember that. There's also a difference of like, uh, you know, we've only seen two games of Trey, two starts, and he's he's shown enough. Like, God, oh, there's something to work through there. There's something to work with there. And then just like Ambry Thomas, like it hasn't gone very well at all. You know, I mean, his best quality, I guess, he can run straight, but it's like he does makes no plays. He pis all the time. Like that's not. Yeah, he's got experience, but he's been terrible. So expect him next year just to be like a solid starting corner. I don't even think you can do. Like he has to make a dramatic jump to where you, they are going after him every single time. 
and that's with Josh Norman on the field. Today, for the first time, it was like, yeah, let's also try out the other side. It was the first time they've done it in weeks. It's like, yeah, guys, I, I'd try both. Like, I, I wouldn't discriminate. <laughs> These are equal opportunities to get PIs and go route touchdowns. I promise you, I, I can't even imagine how many Niner fans, every time they run, they're like, oh, my, why are they doing this? It's, it's baffling. At one point in time, I thought, are they kind of tanking this a little bit? Because wh- why... Why would you not throw it all the time? You, especially coming off a game. This I was a team partly, that just came off a game where they beat the shit out of uh, the Chargers. Throw, you know, they hit a yeah. bunch of deep balls. But that's not. I don't think. I think it's. I don't think offensive coordinators just. I got Brandon Cooks and nobody else and Davis Mills, and I'm just going to try and shoot it out with this defense, right? As Nick Bosa just starts bearing down on my guy. I just don't think that's. That's not how offensive coordinators, by and large, want to call a game, right? They kind of come in with a plan. We're going to be balanced. I don't know what it ended up being for them, but. Um, the Niners are lucky you guys think like that because when they don't, they really are get their back against the wall fast on defense. Yeah, I mean, I'd, I'm a, I'd be a little pessimistic that it would work that easily, but they were 66% today. I mean, five yards per attempt. But, guy, every time they throw a deep for the most part, it, it succeeds all season long. You know? No, I know. <laughs> I, I'm, not, I, I'm not – Acting like you throw it seventy times a game in every route to go, it's not. You, it's not even feasible. You guys will get tired. I think though you could at least double up on the amount that some of these teams are taking shots, and that every time that they run it for two yard gains, again you have to run it every once in a while just to kind of like you said take the pass rush off. But they, you have to admit they could have probably thrown it five more times a day. Even if it's like three step and let it go, I don't know. But you know, go after the two corners. I know. They are of any team that's in the mix for the playoff, their liability, given the way the sport is played, has to be the biggest liability left, right? Well, you the have teams in the mix for the playoffs. You don't have any faith when the ball's in the air. None. Somebody's about to make a play. And and when the ball ends up on the ground, you do this thing. You go. Any flags? Any flags? Hold on, just checking. Last call. Any flags? Oh, fuck a flag. That uh, that happens quite a bit. Um, all right, I I counted it up. I think three times this year I wrote the Raiders off. Uh, the week they got blown out by the Bengals going into Thanksgiving, where they were going to go play Friday. Uh, excuse me, Thursday, short week in Dallas. I said they were D E A D dead, dead, dead. They are not. They went and beat the Colts on Sunday and now play in maybe the most dramatic game potentially of Week 18 against the Chargers with a chance for Rich Basaccia and Derek Carr to take the Raiders to the playoffs. For as big of a failure as it would be if the Niners missed the playoffs, it would be one of the most remarkable things I've ever seen if the Raiders got... They went ten and seven and won this game. It, it it truly would. I mean, when you factor in the things that happened to them in that month stretch of the coach, the Brandon Cooks incident, and even the Damon Arnett incident, like it was just what is going on for them to win today. Obviously, we put five hundred dollars against them, but a lot had to go of. I watched them play last year. Now you could argue Rivers probably better than Carson even though Carson's numbers this year are pretty good, but it just, the, the Colts were way better. They led the league in pro bowlers. It was in Indy. The Raiders got their ass kicked last year in uh, in Vegas. 
Listen, they had to be one of the sexier picks to bet against because the the line kept going up. It started at like six, was all the way up at nine by the kickoff. And early on, you could tell like "Ah, the Raiders are kind of here to play and the Colts were off. And then they just kept it around, kept it around. Derek made a couple bad plays, but for the most part, that game-winning touchdown, I guess he kind of had the walk-off touchdown to Renfro, but he had another touchdown to him on the roll. He made some just incredible plays. He he really did. And Josh Jacobs... Really good player, but it's not like he is Mr. Dependable. I mean, he gets hurt in every single game, every single game, right? So he's not like he, when he's fully healthy, he's a really good player. He's like a top seven-ish running back in the NFL. But unlike, you know, like Dalvin Cook, for the most part, or Derrick Henry, when he doesn't have a broken foot, like he just plays the whole game, right? Alvin Kamara, like Jacobs disappears in every game. So he's, you can't even depend on him. And then they're throwing to... Because, listen, they do get Waller back this week, who they would have had, you know, he got his test so late in the week, they kind of fucked him. So that's a guy they haven't had, I feel like I haven't seen Darren Waller in two months. I think they've been won some of these games, guy, without Darren Waller. Renfro has had moments this year. He's been incredible. Because if I'm the defensive coordinator, where are they? they're throwing to Renfro or Zay Jones, especially if Jacobs is out of the game. Like, that's who he's going to, Hunter Renfro. And I love Hunter Renfro, but it shouldn't be this easy for him. He gets in one-on-one coverage a lot. Guy, he had he had seven catches for 76 yards today. Yeah. Zay Jones was really good. Zay, Zay Jones has actually been pretty good for them. Yeah, Zay, Zay Jones has been good. Um, over the course of this three-game winning streak, he's six catches, six catches, eight catches for 120 yards, deep threat. He's been good. I I... You know, I don't know if it's the seven, the single digit, looking the Marquette King, King number. You wonder how could they keep this up? But Der- Derek also just made some. He threw an interception that didn't end up killing him, and he made some. I mean, he made some really impressive plays. Right, he was twenty four thirty one in the game, and he threw two picks. But I also think if I were to, it's always easy with hindsight, just talking about the bet. But just simply, for as solid as the Colts feel. Carson and I'm Carson just I supported their I support what they did and they could win some playoff games but I don't well, know man well here's the thing they the Patriots, lack a dynamic element to their offense right now Patriot Patriots and the Bills are both in the playoffs they both secured spots now they you know depend if the Bills win next week they win the division if the Bills lose and the Patriots win they win the division but the, we the one through five we we know the five teams in the Colts are in the playoffs too. They play the Jags this week. Like, do you see the, the Jags? One, two, three, Cancun. They they did that about three weeks. Like, it's over. So it truly is, guy. It, it's because the Pittsburgh Steelers cannot get to Pittsburgh's done. I mean, it's they can't get to nine win. I mean, one of these two teams, unless there's a tie. I guess the only way the Steelers can get in if these two teams die, because <laughs> they would be nine, 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 seven, and one. Whoever wins this game is going to the playoffs. Can, I, can we assume the Colts are beating the Jacks? How, how are they going to lose that game? Yeah. Is going to the playoffs or going to Kansas City? Or I guess Kansas City can still be the one seed. Yeah, the, who the Titans play? Titans I mean, play the Texans. Okay. I was going to say that would be pretty to end up in Tennessee as the as the last seed of the NFL playoffs. Uh, sorry, the AFC playoffs. would. I mean, I know Tennessee's good, but... That's not playing Kansas City. 
That'd be a hell of a break. I, I but I, here's the thing: the Raiders make the playoffs this year. Whatever happens in the playoff game is great. Oh, I agree. I agree. I agree. Do you, do you think if they win this game, which it's weird, like the Chargers should win, but I'm not. I, I wouldn't. I think, think it's a great game because they're both kind of <laughs> untrustworthy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I love this game. If he wins this game, does Rich at least get like a two-year contract? Just like, hey, you know, kind of one of those fake college type things. I mean, in adverse situations, very adverse situations, um, I, I'd have to give him a lot of credit. Now you'd say, all right, we're going to take a step back and kind of evaluate. You really, you don't need a new defensive coordinator, right? Yeah, I guess they wouldn't be. Lo- I saw the chat; they wouldn't be a lock to be the seven seed because technically, if the Colts are the six and they both have the same record, they have the head-to-head over them, so the Colts could go down to seven. They could be six, so, so they, they could end up playing, playing the. Bengals or the you know the bill it, it just depends who wins next week yeah um yeah thank you green added that as well Raiders can't be the seven if they win since they have the tiebreaker over the Colts so minimum six seed uh but it also even, depends like if the, if the Patriots were to lose to Miami then it does the tiebreakers like a lot of things can I think a lot of people assume the Patriots and the Bills are both going to win so they're not on the like once you get the three 10 and seven tiebreakers yeah um because you could argue if the Patriots if the Patriots go, the Bills are playing. The Bills are playing the Jets. So if you're the Patriots, do you kind of go pseudo buy against Miami and just who gives a shit? We're going to play the Bills. You know, we're going we'll just be and just be ten and seven because I might think like that. They're playing. What does the that Jets. mean exactly? Pseudo like, buy. When you said yeah, is that Mac Jones doesn't play? Yeah, I might think about it. Or because if Mac Jones half. plays, you don't. You're not putting your. Butcherbox.com slash ham and another special deal. Free for a year, you get salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips in every order for a year, plus an additional 20 bucks off right now at butcherbox.com slash ham. Been telling you about it for years. Been eating it for years on a regular basis. Easily find high-quality meat and seafood. You can trust 100% grass-fed beef. Free-range organic chicken, pork-raised, crate-free, and wild-caught seafood. Always be prepared with meat in the freezer when you get ButcherBox.com ham delivered right to your doorstep with free shipping. ButcherBox is offering you free for a year plus an additional 20 bucks off either salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips in every order for free. Sign up today at butcherbox.com slash ham and use the code ham to choose your free offer for a year plus get $20 off your first order. Prize Picks is America's number one fantasy sports app because it's the easiest and most exciting way to get in on the action. While you watch your favorite players in sports, you just pick more or less on two or more player stats and then the fun is on prize picks has something for every sports fan from basketball to hockey to league of legends and everything in between it's really simple to play you make your picks submit an entry in less than 60 seconds i'll do it at halftime of a basketball game and i also have some season long more or less picks on mlb homers you may remember i've got less on otani homers this year we'll see and at halftime of your next nba blowout game Just jump on and go, ah, Steph Curry more than 11 points in the second half. It'll change the game for you. Download the Prize Picks app and use the code HAM50 for a first deposit match of up to $100. That's HAM50 for a first deposit match of up to $100. Prize Picks, pick more, pick less. It's that easy. Backup offensive line in there. Not that you have five, you know, I, I don't know. 
It's a good question. And just something to keep an eye on this week. I, I think I think you'd be shocked. Some of that might happen if you if you feel pretty confident the other team's playing a really shitty team. Which uh, the, I mean, they're playing the Jets. But to your point, I mean, it all that stuff is secondary to they got to win the game. And if they win the game, Rich Passaccia is seven and five in a really wild circumstance. And it's not just Rugs and then Gruden. I would add to it that you lost three games in a row, got your ass kicked at home by the Bengals, and then we're playing on Thanksgiving on a short week against a pretty good, say what you want. I mean, they're not great to me. They're flawed, but a pretty damn good Cowboys team, right? Yeah. And they, like that, that, I give, the, the coach deserves credit for that. Now, then they lost two more. Okay. The Browns game, really weird, adverse situation for them, right? They end up playing that game. It's freezing. That ended up on a Monday afternoon, right? That was the Monday afternoon game, not the Tuesday. Or did that end up on Tuesday? Monday, I think. December 20th, yeah. Um, yeah, because then the then it was Vikings, uh, Bears. Monday Night Football was terrible, remember? That's right. So, I yeah, I mean, I do think you should. I would always be a little careful with interim coaches and just, hey, man, what you did was great. You know, sometimes what an interim coach does is great, but also doesn't warrant them becoming the head coach of your whole organization and the person in charge of everything. But I, he absolutely deserves serious consideration, period. And if they win this game, I mean, it's they're playing a team that's very talented, that has every reason to win, that's got a coach that, as we've talked about, like a lot of people are giving Brandon Staley a lot of credit. Do you, so think he, Derek's, do you think Derek's respect around the league, given the second half, the guys he's been playing with, Zay Jones and Renfro? And now Renfro's a really good player, but Zay Jones is his best true outside wide receiver. Yeah, Renfro's no a slot. Do you think he's earned a lot of respect around the NFL of like, God, this guy's got some grit and fight to him? I mean, guys, he went on the road to beat the Colts, who are, I think, viewed as a yeah, very, very I, tough team around the league. I don't, I don't know if he's earned a lot of respect. I think there was a pretty good baseline of respect for him, but also belief that he's not a top-tier quarterback. And he can change that part. You know, you win this week, you go into the playoffs, you win a playoff game. like Because that's what this is. Even though it's Raiders against the world, they shouldn't even be in this position, we've written them off three times, all that stuff. If they get to the playoffs, as great of a story as it is, there's also going to be this, all right, here's your first shot at a playoff game for Derek Carr, right? Like, that's going to be a big moment. Um, but it'll feel like they have just some organizational momentum that they haven't had. I mean, in some ways, even yeah. before he was gone. Now, they were playing well this year, so I don't want to rewrite history, but kind of felt like the Gruden thing was a little bit of a cloud. Like, is this going to work? And if not, are we just tied into this forever? And they kind of got a pat. They got a, they got a release from it. Um, so it's it's kind of a fresh start for them in a way that you never would have wanted it. But, yeah, I mean, it's – you know, he's 60, almost 69% passing. He's on pace to have his second best season from a completion standpoint. Um, not from a touchdown standpoint, but I don't know. Maybe he throws, what, what if he throws three touchdowns against the Chargers, has 23 touchdowns? That'll be the fourth highest number he's ever had in his career, uh, which now we're what, eight, nine years in? Eight years. This will be his eighth year. So it'll be, you know, 12 picks. Yeah. I mean, he can't, or if he gets this team to the playoffs, it's, First of all, I guess the contract extension. Yeah. Well, and I, I also think like being a seven seed, I, you know, it's still early in the process. People go, are you a true playoff team? If they win this game, they'd be the six seed. Like that would be, you're a true playoff team in the last 
our lifetime, right? Right. And I know that's kind of stupid, and but it, no, it is a big like if the Niners and the Raiders are six seeds, it's a, it's a little bit different being the seven seeds. Like you, you made the true playoffs in every setup over the last however many years. It's been like that at least ever since I can remember, right? Definitely, and in a tough division, and in a good division, and a tough division. That's the other thing you'd give him some credit for. I'm rooting for Rich against uh, Brandon Staley. I know you're in Vegas. That's a big game. That's there's just going to be those ticket prices are probably pretty pretty high. Was it? it, I mean, it's obvious, right? The biggest game that they've played at home ever. I mean, Uh, you know, in the new stadium. Yeah. I thought this year that the opening game against the Ravens, just given it was ball, you know, obviously there's a lot more on the line, but that thing felt pretty big, right? It was huge. Yeah. I mean, it's, I don't want to, it's just an obvious, like this moment is, it'd be as big as it gets. <laughs> there was one play I saw someone retweet. Derek gets destroyed today by a Colts defensive line. And it's a still shot behind and it's Derek getting sacked. It's a couple offensive linemen and like seven yards ahead, like where like offensive skill guys are. It's just Leatherwood staring at the whole pile, and someone's like, "Does he have to pay to get a front row seat like this?" It's like, "No, actually, he gets paid like uh, five million dollars." <laughs> it's uh, been an up and down year for old Leatherwood. <laughs> uh, John, before we go any further, let's tell the people about TrueBill.com/ham. Now, here's what TrueBill is: it's an easy to use app and site, TrueBill.com/ham, that identifies the subscriptions that you have and helps you stop paying for things you no longer need. They help you manage subscriptions and automatically find the subscriptions and bills that are hitting you, even when you may not know it. Free trials that you forgot about, or in my case, I can speak specifically, John. I had, I thought, one month of NBA TV from last year that carried over. I'd paid for it. I paid for NBA TV for like three months, month to month. Like October, like November, 49, or something? I think it was 35 a month or something like that. True Bill went, yo, are you watching this? And I went, no, I'm not. True Bill helps you identify and stop paying for the subscriptions you don't need, want, or simply forgot about. On average, people save $720 a year with True Bill. I mean, this this is a pretty genius app. I mean, True Bill has over 2 million users and helped them save $100 million. Because like you said, think how many people... I do it a lot on apps. Like you got to remember to subscribe and then you forget. I've done it on Hulu TV because I wanted to watch the show like last year. And six months later, I realized I'd been watching for Hulu TV and you never really realize. And it'd be one thing if it's just a two ninety nine, but now all these, you get a couple that are 14, you get, like you said, 35. Then all of a sudden you're like, this adds up. And if you're not, you have multiple credit cards, it's paying the ass to go look. And most time you don't even, you're like kind of lazy. Truebill.com. Don't fall for subscription scams. Start canceling today at truebill.com slash ham. Go right now, truebill.com slash ham. Save you thousands a year, truebill.com slash ham. Truebill.com slash ham, absolutely. Plus, it has other budgeting tools to help you track your spending and set goals for your top categories. Go to truebill.com slash ham to sign up. If you're going to get the app, that's cool, but go to truebill.com slash ham first. That way they know that we sent you truebill.com slash ham take control of your subscriptions at truebill.com slash ham do it what's up everybody it's your old friend john middlecoff i'm here to tell you about our friends at game time here's what i need you to do 
Go to your smartphone, download a little app called Game Time. Baseball season's in full swing. Oracle Park. Been there a million times. Never doesn't live up to the hype. Go get yourself some garlic fries, a brewski, maybe uh, some ice cream. They have very good Ghirardelli ice cream there. And when you do that, promo code HAM. So download the Game Time app. Your first pair of tickets, promo code HAM, H-A-M, save $20. The A's, only going to be in the Bay Area for the rest of this season. You probably can basically go for free. Just buy a pair of tickets to any baseball game. They also have comedy shows if you want to check one of those out, or concerts. Game Time app, promo code HAM, save yourself $20. We don't even need to thank you. Just hammer that promo code. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Uh, all right. A few other things we got to get to. Um, Antonio Brown, John. I don't know what the craziest part of the Antonio Brown story is because it hasn't even fully unfolded yet. I seen the video from three different angles of Antonio running off the field shirtless. After Mike Evans tried to talk him down. And there's so many elements to this. One, Mike Evans like, hey, man, keep, keep it on, keep it on, keep it on. AB clearly says, you know, basically forget you. Starts to take off his shoulder pads. Mike Evans just walks away. Like, I don't want to be in the photo when this thing goes viral. I'm getting out of the picture, which was smart. AB then runs off the field with the number one in the air. Like, number, well, what does that mean? Number well, it, they're defending Super Bowl champs, world champs, as they say in the in the pros. Okay, so it could be a you still still the champ till somebody beats you. Then I'm he went champion. peace sign. Then he went Pete. Like I'm out. Yeah, shirtless. Wait, look cold. Couldn't have been then warm. He had a waiting police cruiser outside. I don't think he did because someone took a picture of him waiting for a ride. I, I think he did ride get dressed. I think he went in there, got dressed, and took off. And as, people as, like, is he going to be on the team plane? Like, no, he's gone. He's not hanging around for the team flight. Do you think it's one of those? Obviously, they had a crazy win. I mean, they kind of... Did you see the end of that game? Brady hit that fucking ball down the sideline. Is that one that Bruce Arians even goes to Jason Light and just so like, we're on the same page, he's gone? Or is that one of those that everyone knows? Because he says immediately in the press conference, like, he's no longer a buck. Did Bruce have to, like, go through the channels? Or is that just everyone on the team knew? Like, we ain't never seeing that guy again. I mean, you had to... It was known, but let's just get on the same page here real quick so I don't say anything that gets us sued. Yeah, I. I mean, I, I thought. Is it, well, is it is it over now? Like, is it over? Over? I, we, well, I, I mean, until Andy Reid signs him, but we've never seen that, right? We've seen guys no. get kicked out I mean, by who coaches. Who was the guy that retired at halftime of the Bills game? Vontae Davis. Yeah, but he he just didn't want to do it anymore. He retired at halftime. He said, "Guys, I'm out." He he told the coach that was insane. And I know yeah. there's going to be a lot of talk on social about his mental health, and I don't think it'll be that much. Well, I mean, there is. I've already seen it, which is a legitimate conversation. Something's off, but I don't have the like. I don't. That shit was nutty. I've never yeah. seen anything like it, um, especially because he's playing for. He's not playing for some. 
ragtag organization. Well, he's, there Tom Tom, he's there because Tom wanted him there so too specifically. Like, listen, you, 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 you know, you get in bed with the devil sometimes, fucking the devil goes after you. Like, they, they knew what they signed up with. Well, here's what I remember. I'm just remembering this right now. You, rem- I remember doing the show when he when he froze his feet off. Came in the blimp. And, but there was like a few things that happened really quickly over the course of like two days. Remember he was like promoting something and there was like a, a half a day period of time. I was like, oh man, AB played everybody. He was just doing this for attention so he could promote something. Do you remember that? I don't remember what it was that he was promoting. Don't really know, but, but I, I some, maybe somebody. Familiar. I remember this moment where it was like, "Oh, this has all been a PR thing for him, so he could promote something, YouTube show or something." Maybe it was a YouTube something. Garofolo wrote, "It appears Antonio Brown has just released his rap song titled Pit Not the Palace.' He just linked it on Instagram. Probably getting big downloads today. Yeah, Spot Track had this because at first I went." Spot Track tweet tweeted that Antonio needed eight more catches to unlock a $330,000 bonus. He needed 55 receiving yards for another 330,000, 330,000. He needed a TD for another 330,000. So he came into the day with a chance to make a million dollars that day. But guy, they still have another game. Right. And they still have another game. So I thought, well, maybe he's not. Maybe they're not throwing him the ball. He's pissed. But then I looked. He had like five targets in the game. So they were throwing him the ball. He was involved in the game. I don't know if as the game went on, he wasn't. But, oh, that's right. Well, a- that's right. A.B. was recording a docuseries about himself, Larry says. And remember, he had like the – he recorded a call with Gruden. I mean, I know yeah. you remember that. But that was somehow yeah. involved. I One thing I had read is that like Arians – pulled him out of the game and then he wanted him to go back in the game and he refused. And that's when he started freaking out. So I, maybe it was like, he was just, but like you said, he came into the game, he was playing. I, I don't know. I, I I'm done even trying to worry about like his fucking no, state. I, like he's, but to me, there's, I, I'm not blaming Antonio Brown. He's a certified all over the map, untrustworthy human being. Like we have the evidence. It is on the bucks. Now they cut him. Like, he just got suspended for three games because he got turned in by a fake vax card because he refused. This is a multi-millionaire to pay his fucking chef. And listen, I, I I think you're the biggest scumbag of all time. If someone does work for you and you agree to a payment and then you don't pay them, I, I, I think those people are such losers at any, whatever the number is, especially when you have the money. Like we've been in a situation where money didn't get paid, some shady things happened, but it was like hard to tell, like do they even have any money? This Antonio Brown's like, you can't pay the guy 10 grand? Like, you're a fucking loser. You know, that's the reason he got turned in, because he was a loser, refused to pay his bills. Otherwise, no one ever would have known. And he already would have hit all those incentives. So maybe right. he's already, I think he's already kind of pissed off at this whole situation that he created. Like, you were the fucking moron that didn't cut the check to this guy who just wanted to get paid. I'll tell you this. I don't, we've had a few comments, Ruben and G. I, if the documentary comes out, I'm not. Uh, it's not that I'm not watching out of protest. I just don't have any interest. A- no. Antonio Brown does not interest me. It's pretty crazy when you look back at his career. It wasn't just that Antonio, it felt like, got nutty. It's that he went from being the best receiver in the league to not being close to the best receiver in the league. I mean, his his la- his year before he went to New England, he led the league in touchdowns. He had one, two, three 
four, five, six straight, like 1,200 yard receiving seasons. Did he call Mac a cracker? Yeah, he did on Twitter, I think. The best AB story was he thought his chef was putting out a mafia style hit on him when he found a fish in the fridge. I mean, John, he was 30 years old leaving Pittsburgh with 15 touchdowns and 1,300 yards, and he has scored eight, nine touchdowns since. Well, he was a lock Hall of Famer after that six-year stretch, and now it's just no one's going to vote for him. You know? What about that speech, though? But I think he'd be so... Would he show up? Because remember, Terrell, didn't he go to like his uh, college? He didn't... Yeah. T.O. didn't show up to the Hall of Fame. Remember, he boycotted it? Yeah. These, these it guys... No I, I do think I do think AB is in a completely different stratosphere than T.O., right? T.O. was playing. T.O. never yeah. did this. Yeah. I also think it's different, too, like when Vernon Davis, when you get sent in the locker room by a coach, like that's happened, and that will that will happen again. Maybe not as much. Maybe it's happened like one time in the he pros. Did, he did jumping jacks on the field. I mean, like his team was huddled up on the field. There was one photo, or I saw like the dude in the stands doing it. The two teams were like going to like the offense and the defense of the, both the different colors were coming on to run a play and he's taking off. There had to be people on the sideline, you know, like really just looking down like, what the fuck is this guy doing? You see Brady after the game? I mean, he didn't really say anything, but these guys, man. What do you think that of Arians? Like, you know, we he's not on the team anymore. I want to talk about the game. Does Arians get to say that? Well, yeah, he did. I mean, he did. And he said this week he was a model citizen. I'm just saying... Does does Bruce have I love Bruce, but does Bruce have a little more responsibility for this guy? Can you do that? We got him, he's not our problem. It's like, well, but did you see what happened? This is insane. I think the only way he kind of got around it is immediately is that he's no longer a buck. Like he is off the team. Right. Basically, without saying it, what if he just would have said, like, fuck that guy? I don't want to talk about him anymore. Because <laughs> you could tell he was pissed. I mean, that guy just embarrassed their team. Uh, and and, I, and I, I think the hard part is guy. I know they're playing the lowly Jets. They had one of the most incredible moments of the day. Like Brady hitting that pass down the sideline. They were going to lose to the Jets. They were going to lose. They were what gone. do you mean? No, they, they were losing. I know, but they weren't. I, I remember flipping that game on there down. I'm like, they're, 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 not, lo- they're not losing this game. But, but it did right. take they, a pretty miraculous like 40-yard <laughs> bomb down the sideline. What if he just underthrows a little bit? I would imagine, too, that him or Jason Light, the GM, at some point in time, one of them maybe, maybe, did a Glazer say, are we definitely doing this? And they're like, yeah, yeah, we got, we got, Tom wants to do this. We got this under control. And, uh, you know, that's part of the reason I'd be pissed, too, if I was Bruce. Like, I told some people, like, we got, we got control of this situation. Which well, remember, Bruce said two years it, ago, we are not touching him. They had gone on record, like, we're not doing it, and Tom talked him into it. But you can't then throw Tom under the bus because the only reason you're a champion is now Tom. So it's like, yeah, this is kind of on Brady, but he's Tom Brady, so I kind of have to eat this one, but I don't really want to talk about it. But t- ask Tom. <laughs> like, it's, this is his guy. Like, hey, I, I, I could say it without telling you. I don't know if Mike and... Uh, you know, Byron Leftwich, we're that big on him being here either. But uh, Mike Evans and Byron Leftwich don't quite have Brady's pull. So let's just let's ask Tom about that. And then, of course, Tom's like, well, you know, we care about his health. And it's like, Tom, fuck. Uh, Joe Judge, after uh, the Giants game that I had some crazy stat on. Hold on, I'll find it. Joe Judge said that there are players who left the team last year who tell him they wish they were still with the Giants. And t- players that are on the team currently that are going to be free agents who beg that they want to stay. I, I don't think for a second. I know it's he's an easy target, but if I'm just going to take a step back, take a breath, and then be measured, 
I would be shocked. Why would any player text him? I wish I was still there. What? What? Yeah, I mean, it didn't. I mean, it's. Did you see there were players today that got retweeted? The guys that used to play for the Giants saying what an imbecile Dave Gettleman was. Yeah. I mean, they, they're they're in a tough spot, man. Like, I, I feel he's that's felt a little bit like. Are there some rumblings? Because I think John Mara. They had basically released a statement through a media guy, you know, like sources, but it was pretty clear it came from the Giants. Joe Judge is going to be here next year. We're going to hire a new GM. Well, the, the New York people freaked. Like, in what world can you just make a statement? They've come back and they said, whatever the GM wants to do, we will be open to do. I think Judge's back's against the wall a little bit. And he thinks he's going to get fired. Because I think Joe Judge is going to get fired. Yeah, it feels that way. You're right. So you, so you who say wants something to... like that. Isn't that a little bit of a Hail Mary for your career? Here's the Not other his thing. career because he's still young, but you know what I mean. Like his, his, you, this head coaching opportunity could derail his career to being a head coach. I mean, it could be like another eight, ten years, right? He's going to be behind the eight ball now big time. Well, is that the guy in the same way that like you predicted? Are people going to start – are people going to stop – are less people going to be interested in the Jags job because of bulky – are, do you want Russell Wilson? I mean, people think like you could get Russell Wilson. You have a bunch of picks. Are you going to let Gettleman and this guy? No, well, Gettleman's Coach, fired. Gettleman's, I mean, he's not officially okay, fired. Well, but, but whatever. I'm just saying, are you going to let this administration, this group of guys, Coach, is Russell Wilson going to do that? How, how would Russell Wilson play for Joe Judge? <laughs> well, now I guess Russ could stay and they could get him a new coach in Seattle. But, I mean, the Giants have the ammo. The Giants have the firsts. The Giants have the picks. The Giants are the market. The Giants could, I would imagine, I, I don't know, but you could attract some pretty good coaches if you tell them Russell Wilson's going to be our quarterback. Now you probably got to get the coach before you can get Russ. But Will you see Russ this week? He was like uh, impromptu. Dropped up. Hey, guys, if this is my last home game in Seattle. I've loved this place. We'll see what's going to happen. This I'm not, you know, I want to be here, but, you know, the league's crazy. It's like, Russell... You've been fucking, you've been mentally detached for a year now. But do you know the problem with Russell is going to be? He is not going to have the ball. Say one thing about even crazy-ass Antonio Browns of the world, but anyone that demands a trade, like, you do got to put your name on it. Like, hey, I'm out. Like, Matt Stafford last year, like, I need to go. And you just did that. Part of that is, like, you're going to take some criticism because just naturally, people are going to be like, fuck you. Russell does not, I don't think Russell has the balls to demand a trade. I think the way he'll do it will be like kind of maybe a little more forceful than last year, but it will not be Russell Wilson has demanded a trade because he will not want all those people in Seattle that he spent a decade long becoming the greatest player in the history of their franchise to hate him. I, don't you agree? Like he is not going to. Well, I don't think it's just about the Seattle fans. I think he, he thinks it's bad PR. Like it's bad for his image. It's, he doesn't want to be that guy that demands a trade. I agree. Yeah, now his agent, I mean, his agent was qu not quoted necessarily, but Schefter's tweet was. But we've never seen anyone do something like that. Ever. That never happens. Well, but but John, listen, his his quote was Wilson has told the Seahawks he wants to play, but if a trade were considered, the only teams he would go to are the Cowboys, Saints, Raiders, Bears. That's like saying, you, yeah, if you want to go out, I'm down for whatever you want, as long as we only go to my three favorite restaurants. So you know, you're trying to control the situation, but also put the onus on somebody else to make the decision. I, I lose some. If if he doesn't demand a trade and does the same bullshit again, I, I, I've 
you know, I don't spend much time thinking about it, but I, that's such a chicken shit move. Just demand a trade. You 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 won't be the first that's ever done it, and you definitely won't be the last. Like this is pro sports, it happens. Just demand a trade. But you know, I think the way that it's not easy to always do this. The way that Stafford did it was the best way. It wasn't a demand. It was just, hey, we're going to be on the same page here, and we'll help you move on. And it doesn't use. But I'll, I'll even give this guy. You could. He did a little weird too. But eventually, like Aaron kind of put his name on it. Like, yeah, I, I, we're not on the same page. And he eventually had to answer for it. Like, it felt like Russell never had to answer for it. Like, yeah, we're always been good. Like, bullshit. Like, at least Aaron had to take the bullets. Yeah. Yeah. But again, I don't, this is, I don't expect much out of Russ publicly. You know what I mean? Well, no, um, it's not. And that's why I, I, think the, I think a lot of people don't, there's a level of respect that he'll never get to. I think the question on Russ is like, are you, are, are they taking eighty five cents on the dollar on the value they would have had last year? Well, you know it was funny. I there was a story today. This is not a story, people, but of course it was. Devontae Adams will be franchised. Well, there's only two options, guys. He's either going to get a long term contract or he's going to be franchised. There is no third option. Like he's oh, just going to go and unscrew a certain free agent. This is the NFL. This isn't the NBA. This isn't baseball. So if they can't get a long-term deal done, he will be franchised. Like, that's not, that's part of the business of the league. So I keep going back to Seattle. Like, if you're Seattle, okay, let's say the Giants, they have pick five and eight, and they'll give me the following year's first rounder and another second rounder and maybe Daniel Jones to hold me over. Am I truly cool with that? Like, so I just have to have Daniel Jones for a year and all these picks? What's that going to, I'm just going to suck? Like, what if John Schneider keeps his job and just goes, no, <laughs> no, Russell, I'm not trading you. No. Because you know what happens in the NFL? Sneaky a lot of the time that definitely doesn't happen in the NBA. You hear the word no a lot. No, we're not trading you. Yeah. No. I, the difference is that Aaron was coming off an MVP season. Like if you're John Schneider, you do have to think for a second. Am I holding on to this commodity past its expiration date? Right. Now, but he I, did it. But he did it kind of haphazardly, like late in the pro. It got weird. Like if he timed it out differently, who knows? And then they ended up just to get him happy. They redid his contract, so they no, can't no, even like. I'm not. Talking, I'm just saying, Russ is Russ been bad for a year and a half. Is the point I'm making? Like well, I do think there, he has it, less value. I'm just saying, if you're John Schneider, there is a even if Russ was a model citizen, you might go. If I'm changing, should I trade this guy now? Now you not give him the, credit for four touchdowns against the Lions. Not a ton. His farewell. His farewell. You know, um, Penny's I coming think, on. Do you know Penny at 170 yards today rushing? I the did ball? not know that. <laughs> I saw somebody tweeting about people. Tweeting Do you know what the final it, score was? The Seattle versus the Lions. It was like 45 to 27, right? Yeah, it was 51 29. 51 points. Um, but I do think if uh, like Russ, here's the crazy thing about Russ. You know, he's younger than Stafford, not by a lot, but he's younger than Matthew Stafford. Stafford turns 34 in February. Russ turns 34 at the end of November. I, th- I my belief right now is that Russell Wilson's going to get into Russell Wilson's going to be a better NFL player next year than he has been the last year and a half. Um, so I wouldn't. I, I don't know if he's trying to dupe them into trading him for less than what he should be worth. I don't think we've seen the last of good Russ, but you can't deny that he's he's been bad. He has not been like worth it. And I do think there's a legitimate conversation if you're John Schneider. Unlike the Packers, who just had the MVP in the league, like maybe we should just, if we can sucker somebody into three ones, we should just do it. 
and move yeah. on and, and rebuild. Um, on the stream, the question, did you guys see the Bengals Chiefs? Zach Taylor with one of the dumbest decisions ever, but it lucked out. So if you missed it, they've got the ball on the goal line with a minute and change left. Tie game. I'm, I mean, I'm sure it's happened. I, I'm not sure I've seen this before. I don't know if you have. Fourth and goal in a tie game with a minute left going for the touchdown, not going for the field goal, just in taking the lead, assuming Mahomes will get the ball back and a field goal is not going to be enough to beat him. So we got to try and score a touchdown here. But the Chiefs didn't have any timeouts either. So it's like, why don't you just kick the field goal? I thought it was nuts. As I, I thought was it was nuts. Too. I thought it was I insane. Um, and then the way it played out was actually pretty crazy as well. They run a play. It doesn't work, but there's a defensive holding and uh, was it a false start? Or there's an offensive penalty as well. So there, there were offsetting penalties. So eight seconds came off the clock. After 58 seconds, fourth and goal at the one. Offsetting on a play that failed badly. Didn't have a chance. Bad, badly. <laughs> so then they get another fourth and goal at the one. 50 seconds left. They're like, yeah, let's do it again. I know that last play looked like ass, but let's do it again. They do it again. It fails again. But there's the uh, another I don't remember illegal use I, of hands or something. I thought it was, was that with the PI in the back of the end zone that I thought was a little chicken shit. Like it was like he was not really holding. Yeah, was that that one or was that the first one? I can't. I got the two. Plays I, it was the two. second one because okay. the first one failed utterly. Terror. It wasn't even close. I mean, it was like a ten yard loss. You know, it was like a swing route. That one where he was trying to throw it to Chase or Higgins in the end zone, and they. I just thought it was not a P.I. call, and obviously you call P.I. Andy's freaking out. They get the automatic first down. They got no timeouts. They could just run out the clock. So that's what they did. Then they kneeled on Then it started working. Then you kneel on it. Then whatever. You kick the field goal with no time left, and you win. I'm, I'm you know, obviously the numbers, it's kind of like when Bill went for it on fourth and whatever, two from the 28-yard Well, I think it's 32. crazy, guy. If they win that game, they win the division. Which like is it, what happened. They, they, yeah. they were playing for the division, so to go for it with the opportunity that's going to screw you up in the division is insanity. They just Chris figured Bo- we can't keep Mahomes from getting, like, you know, whatever, the 50 yards he's going to need for a game-tying field goal. But they didn't have any timeouts. I know. I thought it was crazy. Chris Mortensen tweeted, Combining their last season together at LSU and this rookie season for Chase, Joe Burrow and his wide receiver have combined for 163 completions, 3,200 yards, and 33 touchdowns. Wait, say, 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 just tell me those numbers. So again. combining their LSU yeah. season, the I, year, I, I think they went 15-0, and 0, and this season, 163 catches, 3,200 yards, and 33 touchdowns. Wow. 33 touchdowns to each other. Now, he was in man-to-man coverage a lot. He was guy. He had eleven catches for two hundred sixty six yards and three touchdowns. Now was that third? Play, that third touchdown was was that zone coverage? He was wide open. Yeah, where Sorensen was like not even close to over there, and he walked in the end zone. But he did score a couple other touchdowns, just man to man on the outside that were looking like. Remember when this guy couldn't catch in training camp? We've forgotten that because he is. See is the offensive rookie of the year now over Mac. He's got to be right. Yeah, <laughs> because he just he when you watch him, he's just a. I don't you. I don't know if you can pull up his numbers. While you're doing, if you or I can do it in a second, but I just wanted to mention seventy nine and seventy nine, seventy nine, fourteen hundred, thirteen touchdowns. So he'll be near. He'll, is that top ten and at least two of those categories? I mean, the thirteen touchdowns have to be NFL top ten, right? For receivers, yeah, big time. 
So Burrow went for 525. Remember, he threw for 525 yards last week, and people were like, well, you know, Baltimore, Baltimore's playing a bunch of subs out there. Okay. So we threw for 446 today, 30 of 39. I think now maybe there weren't a lot of people on this boat, and I was just, and I'm talking out of my ass here. So tell me if you think that. But they did feel like there was a little, like, ah, Herbert, better than Burrow. Like, we can reserve judgment on that, but I think at this point, more people would bet on Burrow. I think the only thing you can say is, for sure, Herbert has a better arm. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He's a stronger arm. But it's like, there were people that had threw better fastballs than Greg Maddox, and no one would be like, I'd want Greg Maddox, right? You're like, Greg Maddox better. Like, Joe Burrow... You'd want I, Joe Burrow's the number one pick in that draft. Now, uh, where I think we know Herbert is the second pick, and Tua looks pretty terrible. But Joe Burrow is, you know, I, I just I've watched so much Madden stuff over the last year, or I mean, the last week. He said, or really, I guess a couple days. You know, he was talking about someone, and he's like the it. He's like you just with a certain player. He's like you know when they have it, you just you typically know fast as a coach. And even when he was a broadcaster, he got to be around the best. I saw he did like 160 Cowboy games in his career. Now, granted, the next two most teams were the Washington Redskins and I think the New York Giants. So a lot of it's probably crossover, crossover right? All yeah. those all those great Bill Belichick teams and Parcells. But I don't quite. Joe Burrow is not the fastest guy I've ever seen. He's not the tallest guy I've ever seen. He doesn't have the best arm. It's hard not to watch him and go, this guy's incredible. Well, I do think if you were to say, just make everybody available, draft off of these rosters, quarterbacks, I mean, I without even thinking about the list, I think you'd go top five quarterbacks, top four quarterbacks. I mean, is he going to be Sando tier one next year? Yes. Could he be the MVP this year? Not out of the realm of possibility, but Rodgers probably still wins if they're the number one seed. I think he'd have a ton of momentum to be the MVP next year. He would. I mean, he went. He did what? Like 900 Browns quarter. He went back home to Cincinnati. People were like, don't go there. And he took him to the won the didn't just take him to the playoffs. Won this division. Where like two franchises have ruled this division. Well, if you did the draft from if you did the draft from scratch and age mattered. I guess Aaron Rodgers still could potentially go one because you go, I got five years with him. Mahomes, I mean, has just done it at such a high level for so long, and he was good. I mean, what did Patrick do today? I mean, Patrick was 26-35, two touchdowns. I mean, he wasn't Burrow, but he's still damn good. I mean, Joe Burrow's not making it out of the three or four, right? I Yeah, I think he's going top five. Unless Trey wins it next year. Got a long way to go. <laughs> Where does uh, – oh, MVP <laughs> – The um, did you find? I'm trying to get. It's like fuck. I end up on like one site, and I Cooper Cup had 14 touchdowns to come into the week to lead the league. Uh, he's he set the Rams record. I saw today for yards in a season, or I don't know some record. I mean, he's got 135 some catches, but in terms of touchdowns, uh, God, these stats don't. Can I get some stats I to know, update? I, just, I mean, this is America in 2022. Can I get time? some stats that update? Any, anyone else hungry? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we can we can do that. All right, everybody. Thanks for hanging with us. Um, shows continue this week. Tell your friends. 2022, let's grow this bad boy. Let's keep it rolling. Thank you for Hola. your support. Happy New Year. Adios. Is Ola like uh, in Hebrew? 
hello shalom means hello and goodbye is ola the uh, does ola work the same way i don't think so what's mazel tov congratulations gotcha so i thought it was yeah something good it is yeah yeah like you, you know right. you, yeah i never known shalom though i just i know shalom means hello means goodbye it's just a greeting yeah, yeah. shalom so there you go shalom shalom <laughs> thanks to all you guys for hanging out with us and uh yeah oh we haven't done the mailbag in a couple of weeks. We didn't mention that at the beginning of the show today, but get in the mailbag. Go to iTunes. Leave us a review on Apple Podcasts if you use Apple Podcasts. And um, in that review, five stars. Hit us with a question. Tell us your favorite bar. We love mixing that in. And if you're in the YouTube right now, just hit that like button on the way out the door. There's a bunch smash of you it. Smash it. Smash, 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 smash. Maybe it's just like, I don't know. Maybe this video right now is you're cooking dinner and your kid, this is like your two-year-old is watching this. So tell that little kid to smash the like button. Aloha, Craig says. Is aloha, hello, and goodbye? Uh, it's definitely hello. I don't know if it's goodbye. All right. Adios, pilota. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.